Traveling the Vortex. Join the doctor as he travels the vortex and land in episode number 202, and you now have permission to squee. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. And we have a special visitor to the studios, Patrick. He's, he's not. He's, he's auditing our podcast. Yes, he's, he's not going <laughs> to speak up, he says, but... Everybody wave to Patrick. Here. Hey, everybody wave to Patrick. That way, Hi, Patrick. we, we mention it now in Hi. case he gets he tired of us talking and leaves, and we say, bye, Patrick, it's not weird. I w- <laughs> bye, Patrick. <laughs> I wonder when we get to the jazz hands portion if he'll do that with us. We yeah. might. There is a jazz hands portion. There's an audience participation part of the podcast, <laughs> if we didn't tell you that. How are you guys? I'm good. Fine. Did you guys have a good week? I don't know what I did this week, other than elections. Uh, election night on Tuesday, which was, but it's always blah. We survived though, so it's funny. I rewatched the Caesar, the season two finale of Newsroom, and it's the elections. Uh. I'm like, eh, it's kind of accurate, <laughs> <laughs> but it's on a bigger scale, so it's sure, a bit sure. more. I'm like, yeah, it's not this exciting. Uh, no, um, you know what I? You know what I? You know what there. I've been doing this week? Not. Watching political ads. <laughs> <laughs> That's been nice. Oh my gosh. We got so inundated in that last week of pl- political ads. I no, it was even before that. There nuts. was one week uh, I was well, watching the Big Bang Theory with dinner and three minutes straight oh, gosh. in a commercial yeah. break. See, but I think that, I don't know, I think this last week, but right leading right up to Tuesday was the worst. Yeah, it's nice to be able to have the phone ring off the hook at work and actually have customers instead of robots. <laughs> <Robo> calls. <laughs> I'm so tired of the ro- <laughs> And of course, being a Doctor Who fan, it's like the Robo Men are calling me. And, you know, <laughs> I will not be your slave, Daleks. Everybody just looks at me like, and then the phone would ring again. <laughs> and you have to go through the spill. Thank you for calling. Blah, blah, blah. This is Sean. I'll help you. Hang up. That's a robot. <laughs> I only got two Robo calls this, this year. I was so really was close to pulling a Janine. And they were from the Republicans. Oh, I yeah. haven't been a registered Republican in 30 years, <laughs> but I'm getting robocalls from the first time in 30 years. And, of course, the Democrats called me, but they were live people. Um, but the robots, yeah, they were Democrats. Or they were Republicans. Do you still have a house phone, or is that with your cell phone? My, they were going to my cell phone, which shocked oh, really? the heck out of me. I didn't, probably I didn't why get I was any. getting Republican or, robocalls. Or actually, I might have gotten some, and I just didn't answer. So if it's, I don't recognize it, I don't answer I usually my don't phone. either, but when we were we refinanced our house recently, so, so we could lower our payments and... And whatnot, which all went through, and that's great. Although that that's I, sh- I should brought that up several weeks ago. You know, I think you did. I bring up the house things, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> but anyway, talk about so that. there for a while, I was answering all the calls because even since it, it approved and went through and everything, um, we're waiting to get another call uh, confirmation setting up when our next payment is, or when our mm-hmm. first payment is. And so I've been kind of looking at those, going, ah, they always come from different numbers, and I don't, you know, never know. So I've been answering all of them, and those that's when I got the two robocalls. I have so. had a few. Numbers I didn't answer, so they could have been robocalls. They don't leave messages though, and robocalls normally do. Just continue. Well, my theory with is the boy, with the beep. My theory is with going back with what Sean was alluding to is that the Republican Party are all Daleks, and that's why they're using <laughs> robocalls. I, I think they finally just updated the system. 
is is probably what it is. that's why it's thirty years down the line. <laughs> They're just now getting around to hey, look, we installed this new computer thingy, and uh, it's, it's, it's going to do that. Look at technology and that's brand. Anyway, so yeah, I'm not watching political ads this week. Um, actually, I'm behind on both Arrow and The Flash. Well, there was no Flash this there week. There was no Flash, that's right. Because I'm only behind on Arrow. The oh, I'm behind on Gotham, sure. too. I haven't watched this week. So at least over there squirming. You haven't watched <laughs> Arrow this week? Um, and then, uh, Twitch, Twitch, I, Twitch. I, I completely, I got all the way to Friday before I realized I didn't watch this week's Gotham. Um, Arrow I knew it was missed. Um, in fact, I was planning on watching it on Friday, but something else came up. I, you know, I hadn't done anything. I didn't watch any movies this week. Uh, Caitlin and I did watch, I think, Friday night? We watched Iron Man 3. Because that's oh. the only um, Marvel Cinematic Universe film that she has not seen. We somehow got... Well, her and Holly and I all were going to go see it. And the show we were going to see sold out when it, it was like opening weekend. And it sold out. And so we were going to try and figure out a way to come back later and see it. I was really antsy to see it, and so Holly said, well, why don't you go see it, because you're going to watch it again anyway. We'll all go see it another weekend together. And she said, it's probably better, too, because usually I try to, although I, I haven't with much of them, but I try to watch PG-13 movies before Caitlin sees it, so that, you know, if there's anything inappropriate. Um, so she said, well, why don't you go ahead and go see it? So I ended up seeing it, like, the Sunday of opening weekend, but then nobody ever got got to it. And so then I bought it when it came out on uh, Blu-ray, and we, we again we we said, Okay, we're gonna make time to watch this and it just it kept slipping away from us. Mm-hmm. And since then Caitlin and I went and saw Thor two or <laughs> Thor Dark World. Um she's seen Guardians. So she's we've still been in line with oh Winter Soldier, she saw that as well. We've been still been in line with that, but then I kept going, Oh gosh, we still haven't seen you still watched our Man three. So Which one I keep forgetting. Fortunately, about too. you know, fortunately they don't connect directly until we get to the Avengers, usually. So yeah. that was one of those things where it's like, okay, well, we're still okay. Well, Iron There's Man not 3 a lot of... almost comes across more as the end of a trilogy than yeah, yeah. Well, to anything else. And it was also more important. Actually, what reminded us, here's what reminded us of it, is the Age of Ultron tra- trailer came out uh, a couple weeks ago, I think it was. Yeah. I finally showed it to Caitlin this week. And uh, so she finally watched that. And that's when the, the Ultron thing kind of sparked. And she goes... So is it, is Ultron going to like create this army of of uh, robots? And I said, well, yeah, that's kind of where it's trending. And then I went, but I, I sort of think that it's because of Tony. And I went, hang on, we got to watch Iron Man Three <laughs> <laughs> because I think there's more setup there than you really realize. So I went ahead, and that's what that's what sparked the memory. And so we watched. So did Holly watch with you, or is it just you and Caitlin? No, just me and Caitlin. Holly was at um, was she clinicals that night, or she was at a meeting or something? I can't remember. So she still hasn't seen it. Maybe she still hasn't seen it. No, no. Which is funny because she absolutely loves Robert Downey Jr. She loves the Iron Man films. She hasn't. She watches the cinematic universe, but she doesn't. She's not all gung ho to do them like Caitlin and I are. And she eventually sees them. But that those are the ones that I mean. We went. Her and I went to the theater to see because she went. Yeah. Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, I'll be there. So, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yes, yeah, no, she still hasn't seen. I was thinking about Soap Dish this morning for some reason. Oh, I forgot about Soap Dish the, a week or two ago when we were bringing up uh, old uh, Robert Downey Jr. movies. Excuse me, Party Jr. RDJ. RDJ. That just popped in there for some reason. That was a good movie. No, that was a terrible movie. <laughs> but it was a Robert Downey Jr. movie. That was a lot of fun to watch. I don't think I've seen that one. It's not fun, don't bother. You don't think it's fun? <sighs> you didn't think Slither was fun, so... Slither's not fun. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it um, is. <laughs> well, Feel free to jump in on that one, Patrick. <laughs> I thought The Mist was fun, though. That was... <laughs> that's a riot that's a good all around great you are feel good film of the year so full of it 
I, I honestly, I don't. Uh, maybe I'll recall. Did you watch some stuff uh, did. the Marvel? I did. Watch. Seventy-five years from I did watch the that. pop. Yeah, that was neat. That was pretty good. Yeah, it was good. I, I, I liked how they addressed the bankruptcy stuff. I figured they were just going to gloss over it, and it was. I was uh, impressed. I don't know because. Because it was such a phoenix moment for them. Yeah, I think company. so. And not to mention it, they have bounced back so much. I mean, they've, <laughs> they've rebuilt the empire that I think that they, they can now look back at those dark days and go, you know, this this happened. It's, uh, it's part of our history. I was just I I I don't know. I, maybe I expected a mention, but didn't expect there to be that much discussion yeah. about it. Although the it was real the, honest. Yeah, the, it really the was. show was really honest. They didn't Disneyfy it. Well, they really did. Once once Disney came part of the documentary, it became very much a pitch. Did you notice that the uh, music changed too? Was, yeah, I think it, it was did. like a variation of Small World. Or... It was yeah, it, it was in very yeah. Oh, there was some Ant Man footage. In, which was there was. Yeah, neat. we got some shots of Ant Man and a little bit of Age of Ultron stuff, but not much more than we'd already seen. We did get a shot of Vision, so <laughs> kind of. I well, didn't even know it until somebody pointed saw, it out later on. I saw it. I saw the clip, and it was obvious there was somebody standing back there behind Scarlet Witch. I didn't think Vision. Then I saw the the reports online. Hey, we got a glimpse of Vision, and I went, "It wasn't Vision. It was like some red and blue guy back there." And Vision's not red and blue. And then I looked at this. Um, I've got this uh, desktop that we were talking about earlier of the the collection, yeah. and they've got a shot of Vision. And somebody had taken and zoomed into that image on the desktop or on the poster. And put it side by side, and when you look, it's the same coloration, it's the same pattern, and everything. So I'm convinced that is vision. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised. It's an obscured shot still. It so is. You and I think really there'll probably them. be some CGI touch up on it. Yeah. Too, so. Yeah. Uh, we haven't. We, we didn't do much this week either. Um, I've been introducing Sarah to the Trophy Wife, or Trophy Wife. No, the just Trophy Wife, the ABC unrightfully canceled sitcom. She's enjoying it. She's really liking it. Uh, and then we watched Muppets Most Wanted. Don't you feel... Hang on, I'm going to go back a minute. Don't you feel the least tiniest bit bad about introducing her to a show of which there is no more? No, because she can at least appreciate the goodness that was there. Just not, like Firefly. Not to mention, it's one of those um, wonderful accomplishments because it's something that's manageable you can get done. I go, hey, look, we're <laughs> done. She's not over she <laughs> yeah. She's not daunted by yeah, seven seasons seven of Scrubs. Seasons so. I'm still angry with Drive. Drive. Well, at least this got a full ah. season. <laughs> if it had been a partial season, I wouldn't bother. But because it is a full season and the way it ended, it could be a finale, if I remember correctly. Hmm. And it's yeah. so good and underappreciated that I want more people to like it. <laughs> You saw Selfie got canceled, didn't you? Yeah. I did see Selfie got canceled. I was going to save that for the news segment. I've actually watched... Uh, oh, I watched uh, the first three episodes of that. It wasn't bad. I mean, it wasn't horrible, but I could see why he caught the axe early. I'm surprised an ABC, ABC, ABC an show, show got an axe so early because yeah, they let that, those things fester for a while before they cancel those. Much to Trophy Wife's uh, benefit, <laughs> yeah, because it, it got to show how great it was. Lots of times, because it took like to half a season to episode six, where I was like, "This show's pretty good." I'm watching it for Bradley Whitford. Episode six comes along, I'm in hook, line, and sinker. So, so uh, are they going to let it run the rest of the season? Or they, did they, did they buy a full order of it? They, they haven't announced when they're going to pull it from the schedule yet. Seven were made, is what I read. Yeah, so, so they might let it run probably mid season. 
thought maybe they'll get a chance to finish it up. Because that's the thing I was concerned about, was just the fact that, okay, we're doing My Fair Lady. So when's the end? Because you really can't sustain that for too terribly long. She's got the same thing, yeah. She's got to wake up at some point and go, okay, I'm, I'm not clueless anymore. <laughs> a whole TV show built around that, huh? Okay. Who's the actor that's in that with him? The place John Cho. Yeah, John, John Cho. Cho. Hey, he's in they so were, many shows They nowadays. were talking that he's one of those actors now that's getting the stigma for um, failed shows because he was that on that one with Matthew Perry that failed. Go on. Uh, he was on another one. For sitcoms, maybe. Two years ago. Because he was on the beginning of Sleepy Hollow. Oh, that's right, yeah. Yeah, that's still going well, strong. Well, he's not probably still going. on it, though. <laughs> well, <laughs> Glad spoilers. we got rid of the <laughs> they, did, they didn't kill him off. <laughs> not that that kept him from being on the right. show. Well, Nathan Fillion was that guy until Castle, so. Yeah. I still am thinking Tim Minier is that guy. Scott Bakula was that guy until Quantum Leap. Cho's got his, um, uh, all his millions from uh, Star Trek films, so. Oh, and Harold Kumar. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All three of those. Are there three? There's a, there's a Christmas one, too. Oh, that's right, that's right, yeah. I forgot about that. I might do a trilogy of those this year. Have fun. I've seen the first one, and I, I, I... Well, I take it back. I saw parts of the first one, and I actually thought it was a lot funnier than I thought it was going to be. And Neil Patrick Harris, of course, makes everything awesome. He's he the he one and John Goodman should be in everything, so... No, Although curious. I don't think even he could save the Smurfs. Although apparently they're doing well, but I, we started watching that because it started on uh, Disney Channel Saturday <laughs> night. Because I, I want to see it, but we started watching it, and then I think we had to go do something, go somewhere. And so I thought I'll watch this later. But from the first ten minutes that I saw of it, I was like, "Not even Neil Patrick Harris can save this film." <laughs> <laughs> we interrupted you. Sorry, uh, you were you watched. Uh, uh, oh, we were talking about it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was pretty good. I interrupted him. I should be So you liked it. I enjoyed good. it. I did too. It wasn't as great as The, no, the Muppets. It definitely isn't. Uh, I liked it better, I think, The Muppets and Muppets from Space. And I don't remember a lot of the classic ones as well before Muppet Christmas Carol. Like, I've seen them, but it's yeah. I don't revisit them. So how, how great Muppet like Caper the, is it? It feels like the great Muppet Caper. It does. It, not, well, in, not in the fact that they're... Mocking the, or taking the story, although it is there's there's elements. Well, see, that's of it. what I was worried about. Is like when uh, they but, first but saw the, the trailer Muppet for Caper, it, it, was like we've already had this. Well, the Great Muppet Caper wasn't as good as the Muppet movie either. So it's really it, it, it really played into the whole idea that their second sequel isn't uh, as good as the first. And well, it, and they even make fun of that. Yeah, in the, that's in the, the opening, opening number. Song. <laughs> and, and I love it's, it's great that in the song we're just waiting till they may or till Tom Hanks agrees to Toy Story Four. And just last week they announced Toy Story Four. <laughs> well, I love and I love the fact that they say it's a sequel, and they're singing about how it's a sequel. It's it's the sequel. It's our second movie, and then Bunsen goes, "Well, actually, it's our seventh. And, <laughs> there, there were and a, it is. There were a lot it's of really movie. funny moments in it. Unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. a lot of the songs aren't as good. I think yeah, that's where that's, it, that's where that's where, where that's I yeah. agree. Um, There's not as many memorable songs. And yeah, and one of the things I really did like about it was okay, so they're going to go on a world tour. So they take a train. <laughs> because, A, it's Overseas. the Muppets, and it's a European tour, so of course you take a train. <laughs> you have to. That's just required. It, it was just like, yes, that's But I, I'm not crazy, because it's been a few months since I've seen it, but they take the train from America. Yes, they start in America. <laughs> well, they took the car in the first one. Yeah, that's so, right. That's so let's travel by map. Oh, that's right, because they had to go to France. 
<laughs> Sarah said they took the train, and I mentioned the car. She's like, oh, yeah, okay. I had forgotten. And there were a lot of great cameos in it. I like that they actually got Danny Trejo into it <clears throat> yep. and then got him to sing and dance, yep. which was a great bit. Danny Trejo sings and dances. I'm so bumping this movie up <laughs> higher on my list. Uh, Heat Ray Liotta and uh, who was it? There was another. It was the, the bad guy from Men in Black 3. From Fly of the yes, Concords. Yes, yes, yes. He's the other uh, main guy name? in the prison. Who's the bad guy? Man, like three. I don't. I. I, that's, I, I had to look that him was, up. That I was the time him. travel one. Was the guy that kept? Uh, oh, he was the 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 trying to kill uh, with the with the beady eyes. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Okay. He's from Fly of the Concords. Who so I kept thinking initially in was was. Um, Tim Curry, but it was not. Yeah. No. no. <laughs> okay. Uh, Ricky Gervais. It's a fun movie, though. Yeah. Uh, Ricky Gervais I bought was, it. I just haven't watched it yet. Was okay. I, I don't know if I'm a huge Ricky Gervais fan, so part of that could be I that. Know, Ricky Gervais with Ricky Gervais. Yeah. And, and Tina Fey did a good job, and the Russian accents are to be expected. I thought Tina's was good. Tina's Actually, was good. what I really liked was um, oh the guy from Modern Family that was the inspector. Uh, uh, yeah, his French accent he, was really he, good. It was it was that comedy French, but him, it was him and, it was him and Sam the Eagle were a great team together. Yeah, I really beautiful. enjoyed that. Yeah, so that was uh, we enjoyed that. Okay, that's time to go home. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on my six-hour lunch. <laughs> We're done for today. <laughs> and then tonight we went and saw Big Hero Six, which was really good. Um, I've heard really good reviews. I don't know how to explain it without giving... It, it was more than I expected. It was a lot more heart than I expected. I don't know if it had as much heart and emotional punch as Wreck-It Ralph for me. Um, but it's definitely on par with Wreck-It Ralph. It's that quality of uh, film. And it's just... I highly recommend it. Go see it. There, there's a small thing that I... Once you guys see it, I want to bring it up with you. But there's a small thing... And it's and it's more of a trope than anything else that I'm, it's irking me a little bit, but I can't say because it it's a huge spoiler. Hopefully, we'll get there and see it. <laughs> he keeps looking over Patrick. But Patrick knows he went. Bad Patrick knows <laughs> he went with me, and Patrick really enjoyed it a lot. <laughs> He's smiling. <in. laughs> he has taken a vow. Sorry, it's for this podcast. But but you have not read the comics, right? You have one issue, but or one collection, and you have read it. Okay. He's now He's pantomiming being trapped in a glass box. <laughs> I wish you could see this at home. So I might want to borrow that from you, too. Because I, I'd be interested in reading it. I'd have to take it out. Oh! Jesus. He speaks! Yay! Uh, the, the, the voices... I, Alan Tetrick's in it again. Had no idea. Again? Well, in another first one? Another Disney oh, I got you. Okay. Uh, animations right, film. I, I think he's going to be the Disney Animation's new... Um, John Ratzenberger. Yeah, John Ratzenberger. <laughs> I'd be all right with that. <laughs> Me too. We'll steal some more of this. That's fine. Go ahead. Help yourself. And We're eating bottle caps as, if anybody as remembers the chameleon that. he is, I did not recognize his voice. Uh, James Cromwell was in it. Does a good job. And T.J. Miller, I always find entertaining. Damn. <laughs> And a very nice big cameo at the end that I'm not going to spoil. Okay. That was... There, there was an early cameo, and then it expanded, and it was really cool. <laughs> post-credits. Post-credits. So, so there is a post-credits scene. Post-credits, everyone. Post-credits scene. It's, we're uh, we're going to try and see it next week. It's, as, as a Disney fan, I think you will like it. It's a good it's a good addition to the Disney family, even if it's not going to be part of the Marvel cin- Cinematic Universe. Right. Well, even... I mean... And, and Patrick can speak more to this probably, but even 
Big Hero 6 in the comics universe is its own universe. I described it as main continuity adjacent. Oh, okay, there you go. Yeah, so that's a good, that makes that's sense. A good explanation. So it, it works in that sense. <laughs> yeah. And it, it, it gives enough of a future vibe that uh, it could be set far enough in the future. San Fran Tokyo? San Fran Tokyo. San, San Fran Tokyo. San, San Fran Tokyo. San Fran Tokyo. San Fran Tokyo. San Fran Tokyo. Something like that. I think that was it. That was all we did. Yes, I can tell you the two things that Sean did. Work and, and school. school. There was that. <laughs> there, there was also um, a lot of homework. I did five chapters of math homework this week. And then I watched a lot of movies. Oh, you did? I did. How many movies? I got three of them in this week. His uh, report card in December will reflect. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) That was his reward for doing five chapters of of math. Sometimes you have to do that. Um, I watched Beyond the Time Barrier. Which never is, heard of that. It, it's on, it showed up on Netflix. It's a black and white 60s film, and it's something about a test pilot who winds up getting thrown into the future. And I went, okay. Okay. <laughs> I, I, now that sounds familiar. Uh, <laughs> it's a B movie. It? It's totally a B movie. Yeah. Um, there were a couple things that they did that I have to talk about that I thought were, were either genius or really cheap. <laughs> so it could go either way. So we get into the future, and he lands, and he's walking around, and the airbase is deserted, and the city's deserted, and then he gets into the citadel. And um, they reveal that there was this space plague. That's literally what they call it, space plague. Well, that sounds very 50s, 60s. And that's that's how everybody gets wiped out. And I thought, well, that's kind of cool that it wasn't nukes. You know, because so many of those movies could have been atomic. Especially right there in the middle of the Cold War. Or the the beginning of the Cold War. Yeah. Well, but but then I realized the reason they did this is because they couldn't afford to actually destroy the city. We can't show the ruins of the town. We we don't have the budget for that. So, space plague. So, you just just kill all the people. Take all the people away. Okay. So, the, the survivors are living in this. And they had this really cool kind of production design, but once again, it's one of those futuristic for the sake of futuristic sake because they had these big gigantic triangular shaped doors that would slide open and it's like <laughs> I hate to be that guy but humans have we're, we're, we're pretty adaptable and we're pretty smart so when we design doorways we design them to be roughly human shaped when you show me a big gigantic triangular door if it's on an alien planet, I go, okay, sure, why not? Because maybe the aliens are triangular-shaped. This made absolutely no sense. Because they literally they had to go all through the door single file, even though they were 19 feet wide. <laughs> and and they all had to, even the, the, the main pilot, he kind of had to stoop when he got to the peak just to make sure that he cleared it. and got his, But then the elevators were still square. And it's like, really? Uh, way to commit. <laughs> what do you, ah. So that was the whole thing. But then they get to the Citadel and all the people that are there, they're all um, they're all deaf mute because of the well. What happened is the, it was atomic radiation. It turns out that the, the nukes that we set off and testing polluted the protective barrier. They never said ozone, uh, but the protective barrier around the planet and let all this cosmic radiation in, which then caused a space plague. That the space plague was out there and it would have been burned up in the atmosphere, but no, we we did it to ourselves. Was but, it the nuclear testing? Or yes. Was it, okay, so that testing. So you wouldn't destroy cities. It was just the testing. Yeah, it was just the testing. Although the, that's the, very it was radioactive fallout. And it's like okay, that's 1960s. You know, right so the society wasn't well, in Topeka, was it? The testing no. was okay. Godzilla who uses fire breath and burned by. <laughs> no, that was exactly. It. 
But um, so everybody in the Citadel is deaf mute except for like two people. And I went, this is a stroke of genius because you didn't have to pay your actors for dialogue. Just show up and walk around. You're all you're all extras. Everybody in this movie, except for the pilot, you get to pay extra grade. You don't have to pay actor grade. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that was that was a, a, a it was okay. I, I kind of thought of you when I was watching it because I know your affinity for time travel films. And then I get to the end, I was like, nah, I'm not gonna, <laughs> not gonna recommend, not gonna recommend that, one. that one for Keith. Um, and they they tried really hard to do this cool Twilight Zone twist at the end. It didn't get there. <laughs> so I watched that one, um, and then I watched Phantom. Which is when I got excited about it. it. Came out last year, and we got copies. Not in the more. Phantom. Not the not Phantom. Phantom. Not no, I love not, the Phantom. Not Phantasm. Not talk Phantasm. Talk about a B movie that's really good. Yes, <laughs> yeah. but done done purposefully. Done purposefully in that. Yeah. The, the Phantom with Billy Zane was made by people who really, really liked Raiders of the Lost Ark because there's big trucks and jungle bridges, well, and it just it just feels like that style of adventure They film. also were fans of those old-time 50s serials, is yeah. what they were. Yeah. Now, unfortunately, Treat Williams is in The Phantom, which is pretty much the low point and of any know. film. Yeah, we know. <laughs> <But> <laughs> Treat Williams is. Yeah, so there's that. No, uh, Phantom is a, a, a movie, and it's a sub-movie, and I, ha- I love sub-movies. I just have this affinity for, I like tight, claustrophobic storytelling and the just conflicting space. But um, it's got Ed Harris playing a Russian sub-captain, uh, and um, Fitchner, what's his name? Wait, wait. David Fitchner, William Fitchner, William, William Fitchner, the actor. He's the first officer, and so and then David Duchovny's in it as this uh, kind of Russian science officer who's a working experiment. So it's got a great cast. Well, then literally the first scene shows up, and the admiral who's putting Ed Harris's character out to pasture is played by Lance Henriksen. So I was like, "Score! <laughs> this is amazing!" Right off the bat, first scene. Um, but he, they're, they're they're wanting him to take one more tour on his old boat, which is an old diesel sub. Uh, and it's been retrofitted to be a nuclear submarine now because we did that with all of those. But uh, unlike Red October, which would have you know rows and rows and rows of nukes, this has got one. Diesel subs had one nuke well, on it. Well, it was you know a diesel that was, sub. That's all the space they had. <laughs> you you know what they had to take out to put that in. Um, and Most we're, of the diesel engine. <laughs> we're, we're supposed to go test this device that the science division has come up with, and uh, Duchovny is in charge of that. And so they go and he talks them into getting in front of an American sub, and they're like, um, "We're a diesel." Submarine, they can hear us just fine without getting in front of them. We, we, we don't want to tip our hats anymore, and we have to. He's like, "No, trust us." So they get in front of it, and they turn on the Phantom, which the whole boat goes and does this huge vibrating noise, and everybody freaks out. It's like, "Dude, turn the thing off!" They, you know, he's like, "No, trust me, trust me." And the American opens the torpedo tube doors, and this big tight thing, and then they veer off and go away. And everybody's like, "Okay, we well, want to explain this to us." And the phantom device apparently is a sonar confuser. It's a cloaking device. They've got all these recorded screw noises from all these other ships, and the phantom can replicate any of those noises. So they made the American sub believe they were a merchant vessel. Ah. And so they, okay, there's no reason to shoot that down. So they, they, they flew off. And so the science teams all congratulate themselves, patting each other <laughs> on the back, and the captain and his crew kind of go have a little powwow, and they're like, okay, so... How long do we give this before this goes bad? Because the Americans have more money and higher technology, but we outnumber them. That's what keeps the balance in check is the fact that they know where we're at with all this stuff. If they can't do that now, it's going to matter, it's just a matter of minutes before somebody decides, oh, we have a first strike weapon. Let's go do something. Well, then it turns out Duchovny and his group are 
that they actually hijacked the sub, and their plan is to launch a nuke at an American fleet while emulating a Chinese submarine. Oh. So the U.S. will attack the Chinese, the Chinese will attack the U.S., and Russia will come out on the right side of history. Right, right. And so Ed Harris has to stop this from happening. And it's cool. I was pretty – it was a good movie. I was pretty impressed with that one. I mean, but it's on Netflix. It's on Netflix. But anything with Ed Harris, the man's my, and he's he's going to be nominated for something for an Oscar this year, and I'll vote for him, and he'll lose again. It's it's terrible. But uh, yeah, so it was it was a good one. I can highly recommend that. I have learned to use my next Netflix queue wisely, where or Netflix wisely, where if I watch a film and I go, man, I really like that actor, I'll go put the actor's name in now. And it'll say films oh, with, yeah. and then I'll yeah. go. Oh, I didn't know he was in this, so then I'll watch that. But yeah, that was that was a cool one. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> and then uh, Mel and I went and made a trip to Kansas City for other reasons. But while we were there, we hit the IMAX and saw Interstellar. How was that? It was good. It was very very good. Um, I love Christopher Nolan stuff. I've not seen a bad Christopher Nolan movie yet. Um, some of them are better than others, but they're all good. This is very much in the higher echelon of the good ones. Um, I thought everybody did a good job, and it's, again, it's got a great cast. Yeah, okay, Matthew McConaughey's in it, but um, it's also got um, Michael Caine, of course. Um, it's also got a surprise cameo that I wasn't expecting. Um, who else was in this one? Oh, uh, Anne Hathaway. Anne Hathaway, of course, is in it, and um, Jessica Chastain. Um, Lithgow. John Lithgow's John in Lithgow's it, in which I didn't know. I didn't know. Um, and it was a very, very good movie. And it's set in the near future and kind of the idea that we have to go back to space because the Earth is unable to support us. But what kind of kickstarts that discussion is um, McConaughey's character, who's an engineer and a former NASA pilot, turned farmer. Uh, he gets called into parent-teacher conferences where they, uh, you know, we need to have a talk about your daughter, who's kind of spouting these ideas she brought this you know textbook for show and tell and he goes oh yeah this is my old science book blah 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 and they're like yeah well we've we've replaced all these with the new approved versions which explain that the moon landings were simply a propaganda device to convince the soviet union to spend all the money on the space race and that we didn't actually go and he just looks at this woman like what (laughs) but that's the official party line from this point forward and so that's kind of one of the things that kind of helps get that going sure, with sure. with that so uh it was it was a very good film it's kind of pretentious it's one of those that's very similar to like 2001 or solaris or you know it's one of those that asks a lot of questions it's a very deep film and so i can understand where a lot of people are kind of coming down on the eh side of things i haven't heard a bad review for it though. oh really of course that's mostly critics that get that critics kind of crit, crit, yes. critics i think are really much in favor of it. I, I think the the populace is kind of oh, divided on that one i didn't get the same vibe as like um Inception, which I was really, really mentally blown away by Inception. And I didn't get quite to that level, but it was still a very, very impactful movie and it was a lot of it was very cool. So I can I can definitely give that one a big thumbs up. Cool. So there's that. Anything else? I know something else I did this week. I guess I can talk about this now. What'd you did? Well, I put together, as you know, the uh, Frobisher timeline. <laughs> you did. You spent a lot of time and a lot of effort on the because Frobisher timeline. Because as I lamented last week, the we put that on the schedule and it came. Did it? I think so. Oh, okay. I think you well, talked about that on last mic. week. I uh, I brought up the fact that I was uh, a little disappointed that we were doing the Frobisher um, audios, although I didn't 
poo-poo the idea when we came up with it. I actually signed off on the schedule. Um, but it didn't really kind of sink in, and so I decided that it and, – and listener, be forewarned, we will be uh, reviewing the Frobisher – other materials that Frobisher has been in, but we are not doing that next week. We will just be addressing the audios next week. But um, to avoid being um, treated like we treat Keith, uh, <laughs> I didn't want to bounce around in Frobisher this time because I've know. been fascinated yeah, by Fro- Frobisher for quite some time uh, and hadn't really delved in because I knew we'd eventually tackle it. Um, but knowing that we were doing the audios and knowing that the audios came so far after and were built around the character that was already established in the... Uh, Doctor Who Universe, I went back and put together the, a timeline, which we will post on our uh, website for anybody else that wants to kind of familiarize themselves with Frobisher. Um, some of the materials are still available. Um, there's some of them that are very hard to get, but um, there are some of them that have been uh, republished in uh, collections that are easy to get to. So, And you cobbled you can, this together from like three different websites? From three different websites, and the most credit goes to um, a New Zealand Doctor Who website, which I don't have the exact credit for them now, but I'll, I'll, I'll add that to the website. But I cobbled it together based on three so reliable sources. There were other outside sources that I kind of tried to cross-reference, but three in particular was this uh, New England, or New, not New England, New Zealand uh, Doctor Who website, uh, TARDIS Wiki, which is always helpful, and um, the Doctor Who reference guide, which I, I thoroughly love, because if you want to get a chronological look at... I don't think it's kept as well in the last four years, mm-hmm. but if you want a good chronological look at Doctor Who, I highly recommend that website. But I put it together, we'll post it, and so that's what I've been spending a lot of my week doing is, is reading a lot of these uh, Forbisher uh, Six Doctor stories, um, and I worked my way all up, all the way up to, and then listened to the audios that we'll be reviewing next week. So that was one of the things I did, and I've actually pushed on past the audios now, and I've got a couple of other stories under my belt that, mm-hmm. and I'll probably push on through and then and then obviously when we review some of this material later i'll go back and and re-familiarize myself now just a note for our listeners who are out there that i i personally listening to these audios i've I've listened to most of the maltese uh penguin i don't feel that you necessarily need the comic introduction to most of holy terror you don't need it me, me going back and ha- having done this experiment, I even agree that you couldn't. These 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 stories do fill you in with enough information that you re- you'll you'll be familiar. Well, and, and technically, we've already been introduced to Frobisher on the on the on the show oh, because have. of in the fact, Prisoners of in Time. Prisoners comic. of Time. I had forgotten that Perry asks the question about Frobisher, and and the Doctor really relays a lot of his background instantly right yeah, there. And so, that, yeah. yeah. So you, you, you've kind of gotten a sense of who the character is. That, you yes. know, he's the shapeshifting penguin and whatnot. But if you would like to have, I mean, obviously more information is good information. So, and, and Glenn's put together a really exhaustive. That's um, not too exhaustive, but I it, think it's exhaustive. It's as accurate um, as I can get it, based on and, and accurate um, a breakdown of you know his different appearances and things to look for. So it, it's that'll be on the website if you choose to delve into it. Um, and they're they're pretty quick reads on these comics. Um, I'm reading them, but I don't know how many of them I'll actually get through this week. Pending, you know, I'm probably going to read the first one, and that's it. But so I think something just, just to give, before it, give a taste kind of helps, but that it does yeah. it's not necessary. Yeah. So. Anyway, that, that that actually has taken up a good chunk of my week because there's there's a lot of reading to do as far as the comics go. Even they're 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 quick reads and they've been collected there's because they originally were published in Doctor Who magazine. But fortunately, Panini and um, IDW, IDW, IDW both <laughs> Panini and IDW both have done uh, collected issues of their works. So of those works. So 
And some of the paninis are available at Vintage Stock if you'd like to come down. <laughs> so are those the, the they owe me a nickel ones? now. Are those the smaller? Versions? No, those are the big chain. The bigger, kind of the big okay. kind of overstocked. Yeah, oh, get overstock in there again. Uh, <laughs> um, oh, vintage. Like the, they did the smaller tenth. The, yeah, okay, line. I know the one you're talking about. Is the that, the is omnibus that kind of yeah, edition. That, uh, no, those mean? those were the IDWs. Oh, those were too. Yeah, and there is an omnibus that's. I think Volume 2 is getting ready to come out, and that also has them collected in there as well. But I think they're back to the old black and white. I don't think they have the yeah. color. Well, that's the problem is that IDW was reprinting them, but then they lost the license to Titan. So the Paninis are back of it being available again, but the IDW stuff is not. Uh, so if you're interested in these and you see an IDW collection, pounce on it because they're, <clears throat> they're recollected and they're colorized, which is really a nice... Uh, it has to be worn now. They'll probably I be up you, in price a little bit. More yeah. Too. Well, but I bet you can. It might be harder to get them online. But I bet you can go to a Barnes and Noble or a. Um, they might still have the some other uh, books, big big chain bookstore. Borders, borders is gone. Borders. Well, well there's still some out there. Are there borders, still some out there? Yeah, I borders, borders is one of those gone, chains that's closed stores across the nation. But I think there are still some borders out there. I may be Hastings. wrong on that, but Hastings, or Hastings those yeah. kind of places, you'll still probably find you know backlog t- titles that are just been out and haven't sold. Uh, so you'll have that chance. But as far as getting so them special think, ordered or yeah. new copies coming out, the IDW stuff is quickly becoming unavailable. I don't think Barnes & Noble tends to send back the books like they do the DVDs. Right, yeah. right. Which they they're, not, they're not usually required. They, they can sit there until they sell. Yeah. You might even find some of these in your libraries. I would check That's, those yeah. because yeah. Um, libraries probably bought a lot of these up when they were IDW. So you might be able to find them in there as well. In fact, our library might even have them. Uh, I, I haven't... They, they, they have, have they some. have the Eighth Doctor stuff collected that IDW put out. No, uh, IDW didn't get to the Eighth Doctor, uh, unfortunately. Panini put out, I think. Yeah, yeah, it was Panini that put Panini. Out. I, I know. Those. I know. Ours has some Eleventh Doctor comics and graphic novels. Yes, they do. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I don't know. The, I haven't seen any other. At, at this time, the Sixth Doctor stuff with Frobisher was available both well, originally through Panini and then through IDW as they were recollecting and reissuing it. Um, but IDW's license ran out before they could get into. The eighth doctor. I think. Right. I think they finished off seven. I could be wrong, um, but before. So once again, Paul McGann gets the short end of the stick, and is That's difficult nice. to come by. But the Frobisher stuff should be out there in both formats. So if you can find it, definitely. Uh, and you're interested, definitely pounce on it. So there's that. <clears throat> Should we move on to news? Uh, one more thing. Keith remembered something. My mom watched both the five-ish doctors. <laughs> And enjoyed that. Thought that was very cute. The five-ish doctors reboot. The five-ish doctors reboot. And because she's already seen the five-ish doctors. Um, and then watched Silver Nemesis. Like this was within like Tuesday or Wednesday. Really? I gave it to her Pounce, on Sunday. Yeah, pounced she on it pretty quick. She pounced on Silver Nemesis really quickly. She really enjoyed it despite it being a Cyberman story. So. Well, she didn't say too much about it other than that. The Cybermen don't come across terribly well in that one. Yeah, I mean, let's yeah. be honest. She didn't even have any questions about the gold or anything, which I was kind of surprised by. I figured I was going to have to explain, well, the reason they were using gold was they discovered that it would get through back in <clears throat> Revenge of the Cybermen. Because I don't remember it being uh, explained very it, well. It is. In, there's a bit of a, was there a info line? dump line there. I couldn't remember. I know we just watched the It's Nemesis. not so much the gold dust element. It's the drop the line that they are susceptible to gold. Yeah. To, to, it doesn't, yeah. They don't explain why well, it's gold. They don't explain but, why it's not has doesn't have to be dust anymore either yeah, because it's, it was the whole clogged up the ventilation. So, Which I sort of thought about when I was uh, – we, we convinced Sean last week about how the 
uh, organic material would be gone and only the bones would be there. And then it occurred to me that back in the old days, well, they needed they yeah. needed they still had lungs or something because they had respirators on their chest plates. So <laughs> obviously, they've upgraded more. The new ones more. must have upgraded. I think we did say that that they've evolved and upgraded over the years. I'll buy that. Well, and something else that I uh, kind of I think ties in with 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 this week's that I didn't really count on or think about last time is that the the, the Cybermen that are in the the finale two part here could still technically not be considered as authentic I think they're proper, Cybermen yeah. be- they proper. because they are I mean they're not Peace World Cybermen obviously but they are <laughs> ones that um, Cybermenics <laughs> well me- Messi has Missy Missy has messed with yes, the, the, yes. The, the how this all works especially in light of some of the abilities that they have in this one yes um, yeah. not necessarily the flying elements but the you know the fact that there's pollen and you know I, and I, I know a lot of people are upset over that. And I, I don't have like a problem with that. The like, next logical step would, from yeah. the, the, the Cybermites. We're getting ahead yeah. of ourselves. Yeah, but, we are. But. Um, I think the thing that I think would have fixed it for a lot of people had they used the word nanotechnology. I, exactly. I think that would have. And that's what just where I am at, were immediately jumped to. They were trying to be. They were trying to dumb it down too much. And they needed that science fiction reference. Agreed. Yeah, if they said cyber pollen, maybe that would have made a difference. <laughs> maybe I don't know. But that's immediately where my brain went. So you know, I can I can justify that. But yeah. Well, we'll be tackling that soon. Um, <laughs> but we're uh, not there yet. Are we ready to move on to news? Yes. I'm glad you added that element. I forgot about that. Uh, I had there, some comments about that. I didn't add that. So I oh, good job. <laughs> sure. I, I forgot about that too. About that. Uh, first bit of news: Jenna Coleman will be at Indiana Comic Con. Which, unfortunately, none of us will get to go because it's the same weekend as Planet Comic Con. Rachel, tell us how it is. Yes. <laughs> um, I'll tell you right now, oh. I'm going to jump right to it. Who else is there? They've got some good guests. They've got some good guests. I'm going to jump right to it. John Rice davies Oh, is he going to be there? He's going to be there. Jason Momoa. Jason Momoa, Jenna Coleman, Carrie Fisher, Willow Shields. Katniss's little sister. I could have met Carrie Fisher Billy without her autograph, but some people dragged me to a... Uh, <laughs> Uh, oh, now her TCG tournament guilted me into participating. And now her autographs are only And then I got beat by a Gungan deck would added inju- in insult Ooh. to injury. It's not my fault you suck. <laughs> I admitted that. That's why I didn't want to enter the tournament. I knew I was already out of my league by that time. <laughs> that was when the, the beast decks were coming around and you couldn't. The, they were undefeatable. Yeah. And so I kept thinking, well, as long as they don't come against a beast deck, I'll be all right. I can't get a Gungan deck, and I got slaughtered. Because I think I quit shortly after that. I don't think I played that game anymore. I think that soured the whole thing for me. <laughs> I was the one that got everybody involved in that game yep. and got everybody addicted to that and caused everybody to spend thousands of dollars on this game. And thousands. I was the first one to get... We, we literally spent thousands of dollars. Literally. I yeah. thousands no, of you dollars. Got a lot I, of I came though. in yeah, later. You came in much later. And got my dad I felt to a little bad that we got you hooked so late in the then, game and then we yeah. all kind of dropped. But I was the first one out. But well, I was if, the first one if, in, too. So If it had continued, if we had gotten a deck past Revenge of the Sith, I bet we would have kept well, playing. If, we was, got, if Wizards um, had supported it, but no, we got we didn't get Revenge, did we? No, we, we, got we did. Revenge. We, we did. did get Revenge. We, we did didn't get revenge. the sub deck. Yeah, we, we didn't. Yeah, get the sub deck. because there were a lot of characters that we didn't. We get didn't get Grievous, I think. Yeah, Grievous was get, one. Uh, there were some other big, big time characters. But we got, I think we got a Grievous guard, didn't we? Yeah, we did. We got the yeah bodyguard, Grievous's bodyguard, <laughs> because that makes sense. 
It doesn't make sense why Grievous has to have bodyguards. But uh, anyway, that's a whole other podcast. Um, anyway, so where were we? Oh, Indiana. Um, so I, I could have met Carrie Fisher, but I didn't. I could have gone and seen George Lucas's speech, but I didn't. You could have. You weren't. You weren't playing on. Or no, I guess it was all the same day. We didn't find it was that day. Was the first one we didn't find out the ad of the new one. We didn't find out, and then we found out. And I was going to go, but then I was afraid I'd get in that line that didn't that wasn't going to get in because they said there was only a limited number of seats. And then if I had been with Brian House when he invited me, I'd have got one of the first seats in because remember they came out and they took took half that half that group and brought them all Uh, in. And Brian House was in that line. Anyway, I have a theory on the Jack Coleman (laughs) thing. Back to that since we've. Completely segued it off this. Of the, um, On the plus side, I qualified at that tournament. He did qualify oh, at that job. tournament. Yeah, it was your first qualification. Wasn't that was my first yeah. qualification because I, I had to play in the pre qualifier to qualify to play in the championship later. I was I was going in on a wing and a prayer. Other people had already qualified. I hadn't qualified yet. So. <laughs> I got I, uh, <laughs> I got beat. Got up, walked out, said, "I'm done. See you guys later. <laughs> Good luck." Have fun. <laughs> um, he anyway. was such a great cheering section. <laughs> Anyway, um, so the Jenna Coleman thing. I think that maybe this might qualify those rumors that still haven't been confirmed, if we've noticed. Yeah. Um, Because, and I only say this, and I don't know if this is true, but I know years ago, if you were involved with the program and had a contractual obligation to the show, you could not appear at conventions. And I think that is still in place. I think that's why Matt and Karen didn't start conventioning until until after they were off the show. And so, if Jen, if in fact that is still in place, and Jenna will be appearing at conventions coming this next year, there's probably a good chance that Christmas is her last episode. Well, and the way this last episode checked out, it totally makes sense too. Yeah, I, yeah. We'll <laughs> but we'll, we'll address we'll, that. Too. We'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> I don't mean to leave you hanging there, but no, that's not. We'll get there. <laughs> yeah, we'll get there. Um, speaking of um, conventions. Our own here at home, Planet Comic Con, has announced a Who guest. We're getting John Barrowman. Obviously, we're all very excited. And I'm at the point now where I'm almost ready just to call him an Arrow guest because this will be our second Arrow guest at uh, Planet Comic Con. I'm going to be so broke. I'm going to be so broke. Start saving now. And if you didn't uh, see it on our Facebook page, Timey Mimey Puppet Show is coming yay! back. Yay! With a new show. With yes, a new show, with yeah. But he retired his show. He retired his last show at British Fest. I think that was the last time he performed that one. So we get brand new. I think I'm the only one of us that got to see it twice. But <laughs> I had to go all the way to the end before I got to see it. <laughs> um, Driving the Vortex will soon be announced. <laughs> yes. From what I understand. So Spoilers. We're yeah. going to be there. <laughs> if you couldn't we tell by that. some of our personal <laughs> Facebook cover pages. Yes, absolutely. I'm waiting until the official announcement's made before I change my Facebook cover page ah, to that. That's, well, that's why I have it. We kind of got the okay from Kurt. I know. And, and in fact, that's why I didn't put it on ours and just put it on mine. Because I thought, I'll limit this a bit. So. <laughs> But yeah, we are. We can we can safely say we'll be there. Now, whether we'll be doing something, we don't know. But we will <laughs> we'll be, be there. there. <laughs> All three Come of us. Say hello. I told Kirk that despite your aversion to doing stuff, that we'd be happy to host panels or do whatever. And I said I'd be doing. I'd be willing to do anything on my own that you want. Just let me know in advance so I can research it so that I can avoid any. Do you like fill in the blank questions? <laughs> I don't. I don't have an aversion mouth. to us as a podcast doing one panel. I just it. I, I don't really feel suited for any other areas that aren't Doctor Who. Not to mention, dude, you could totally not run to mention. A panel. I'm actually you could con- well, a panel I did moderate a panel uh, at 
Well, that was Doctor Who related too, I guess. At, at, uh, yeah, like, but you, you could you, you could have well, taken out quite a Comic Con panel, no problem. <laughs> you could have talked DC. You could have talked Marvel. You could have talked all kinds of stuff. Um, however, you could have talked break dancing in front of a quick shop in liberal. <laughs> however, that we probably as as we've been maybe sort of informed that we probably won't be doing the John Barrowman yeah. panel because of some other obligations. So, but we can't get too much into that either. Stay tuned to Planet Comic Con's website and find out why. And the new website's getting ready to launch, too. Yes, so. very soon. It'll be shiny. All right, Kurt. Hopefully we can give enough away this week. We give too much <laughs> away this week. Else in other news, uh, Doctor Who has been nominated again in a People's Choice Award. So go and vote. Yay. Vote early, vote often, just What's like the, last is week. It a, is it a certain organization, or is it just people, People's Choice? It's People's Choice. Is anybody? Is it not a sponsorship of some overall group? You know, it's not Britain. Is it Britain specific? No, is it's, it's U.S. It's, it's, I think it's U.S. Worldwide? specific. It's usually U.S. US. Okay, um, so it's the People's Choice Awards. It's the People's okay. Choice Awards. Terrific. We're the only ones that come up with that. Well, get there. And, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I, I don't think know they where, have People's when, Choice when Awards. Are, like, they're usually subdivisions of like. Some other organization, but this is a whole own thing. Its own thing. So that and that's probably the U.S. people, the People's Choice Awards. Yeah. Um, its category consists of American Horror Story, Game of Thrones, oh man, Outlander, and The Walking Dead. Oh man! All right, fans, you know what to do. It's an honor just to be nominated. <laughs> you know what to do. It's it's the category is favorite cable sci-fi fantasy TV. Show. Okay. Uh, there was an original. I think round we should of, start a campaign. I mean, we, we kind of started a campaign, but we should get aggressive with a campaign. Because you can vote more than once. Because it's going to be tough to top Game of Thrones and Walking Dead as far as popularity. Yeah. I think Doctor Who's a much better show, even though I'm a fan of of well, at least one other of those. I haven't I haven't gone into Walking Dead that much, but first and season's a lot really of people good. Like Second season, yeah, not so much. Third season's been that's what I've heard. Good. Our last bit of news. <laughs> Doctor, watching, Doctor do you concur? You're watching uh, Walking Dead, right? Okay. Oh, okay. No, just me and Mel. I think everybody else gave up on it. Yeah. All right. And then our last piece of news. Uh, the BBC Complaints Department have issued a response to various complaints about the storyline of Dark Water. Um, <laughs> Only in the UK. The complaint is, <laughs> we received complaints from some viewers who were unhappy with a storyline about death and cremation. The BBC response. Too bad. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's not true. Because you know what? The difference between licensed, uh, citizen-licensed television and commercial television is citizen-licensed television will send out a complete response as to and, and very sympathetic and um, apologetic yet very well-stated uh, response. Commercial television, mostly U.S., will go... Eh! <laughs> we don't care what you think because we We're got this many viewers want. and this many advertisers. <laughs> so essentially, they're say, they say uh, Doctor Who is a family drama with a long tradition of tackling some of the more fundamental questions about life and death. See? We're mindful of the themes explored in Dark Water and are confident they are appropriate in the context of the heightened sci fi world of the show. See? Air of apology? Air of. Um, be the other. Eloquence. <laughs> uh, and they also point out that this one of the scenes where they address the issue 
uh, the Doctor and Clara was warned several times that they were about to hear what could be distressing. That's true. And the Doctor pours scorn on them instantly, dismissing them out of hand. And it transpires he's correct. So the BBC stands by Doctor Who. They're not uh, really apologizing. Way to go, government television. (laughs) How often do you get to say that? (laughs) (laughs) Well, before we go on the feedback, because that's our last bit, we should do our drawing for our... We have a drawing! Yay! For our bison anniversary. He got it! Yay! I I read it off the screen this time. That's all right. You got it. What's that? What's that last episode of uh, of Tom Baker's run? He, he got one. Let's just give that one to him. <laughs> so, okay, first, before we can draw, I'm going to have Patrick do the honors of picking one of non, these minifigures. Nonpartisan guest here. Nonpartisan that's what, guest. That's what, we, that's what we brought Patrick in to, to draw. You didn't know you were going to have to do things. Patrick, did you? I'm just a white of the day. <laughs> <laughs> Patrick just drew Holly's. Minifig. Okay. <laughs> I will keep these separate somehow. Now that was established last week because of um, two, weeks two weeks ago. Or two because weeks ago. She apartment. was the only one that spelled Maith's name correctly. Maith's. Maith. Okay, so the Maith. next two will be. That's my word. That's the one I can't say. Uh-huh. The little girl in uh, Forest of the Dead. I saw it spelled. I can't remember. <laughs> it's spelled weird. I saw it spelled and didn't believe it was how it's spelled <laughs> or pronounced. Maith. But there's a Maybe. V in it. No, Maybe. there's not any a V. If anything, it's a sort of a soft F. But Maybe. but there is Maybe. a V in it. Yeah, it's spelled M- with a V. Oh, yeah, I think there is. Yeah. No. Yeah. Because M- M- I kept saying Maeve. Well, I don't after remember. I read no, it's been two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Maeve. I can't possibly be bothered soft, to remember two weeks it's ago. It's a V with. It's not pronounced as a V. It's pronounced as a soft F. Okay. So for Maybe. the first minifig, this is not in any particular order. So whichever one I get in a package it goes to you. Sorry, I'm playing with the nub. <laughs> In the hat. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Brittany gets a minifig. Congratulations, Minnie. Brittany. I've got the same illness I had last week. I think it's getting worse. For some reason, I can say Maeve, but I can't say. He pulled two. We got to do it again. (laughs) You had one job. Gets a mini Congratulations, And for the comic. Just a reminder, this is the, uh, the the inaugural issue of Titan Comics, Doctor Who, 10th Doctor line, close-up of David Tennant, and it's the line-drawing black-and-white issue, which, if you would like, we will color for you before we send it to you. I will deface that comic book. <laughs> if you like, Sean and I will color it for you. <laughs> <laughs> Chrissy! Congratulations, Congrats, Chrissy! Chrissy. So thank you for everyone and who entered. You, yeah, everybody that entered. Um, we will be having more contests in the future, so you'll have more options and more choices. Okay. Good. The uh, and better prizes. The region two DVDs. <laughs> Back into the prize vault. Back <laughs> into the prize vault. <laughs> Feedback. Our first bit Wait, of feedback. We do. Can do jazz. This is where we do jazz. Jazz hands. Feedback, feedback. We've got some feedback. Jazz hands. Hey! And Patrick, I knew he'd do the jazz hands with us. All right. 
Our first jazz hands. What? Those were jazz hands. These are jazz hands. Oh gosh! <laughs> wow. <laughs> this is wow. It's, in, it's intense jazz hands. <laughs> well, if you could only see Patrick's jazz hands, <laughs> spot on. First up in feedback is Bobby. Bobby writes in Bison Tepiversary. Congratulations. Thank you, Bobby. You said it twice. I read it twice. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> Thank you. I think I've got it now. Bison Tepiversary. We like to make up words here. Bison I'm a week late in congratulating you on your 200 episodes. I haven't listened to all of them. I found you about a year and a half ago and love your podcast. You guys are so fortunate to have each other to share your love of... The- of the doctor with when david Tennant left my kids lost interest and with no zombies football or boobs my boyfriend just can't get it <laughs> that's an odd combination of things <laughs> what i wouldn't give for a couple of hoovians to hang out with okay now to listen to episode 201 and get ready for the season finale hugs and best wishes bobby Thank you, Bobby. Well, thank Bobby you very much, Bobby. will virtually hang out with you every week. That's Absolutely. Right. And I'm sorry that your kids, you know, bailed with David Tennant. Because <laughs> they missed out on some really good stuff. They really did. Some of us around the table might see some of the best stuff. I would. <laughs> some of us would not. <laughs> <laughs> Up next is Megan. Did you just slap yourself? It was my water bottle. Oh, I, I just your, your hand went back. this way, and I Bam. heard this loud It was whatever noise. I saw flying around over there. <laughs> yeah, I must have been Keith's arm. Um, I had to kill it. Who is this? Megan. Is that the for- that's the forwarded one? Okay. Yes, yes, yes. yes. And see, you didn't tell me that. <clears throat> Megan writes, and now we wait. Hey guys, so death in heaven. I'm a bit speechless, honestly, and kind of tired. That was really emotionally draining. I loved it. I'm sure that's no surprise. This episode carried on the darkness of the previous episode and found new ways to leave me emotionally traumatized. (laughs) Poor Danny. Poor Osgood. Poor everyone, actually. The master was wonderfully handled. Michelle Gomez was incredible, and I love that there really wasn't any fuss made over her being a woman. There was no tripping over pronouns or jokes made about her gender. It was just a fact that she regenerated into this new form, and it was treated the same as any other regeneration. It was really refreshing. Patrick, you've seen these episodes, right? We're not spoiling anything for you reading. Okay. I was just concerned for a moment. I would Notice I waited until we got really late into the show to be concerned. After we already spoiled several Yeah, we we spoiled a lot of stuff early, but okay. So, just, just checking. And then when David Tennant shows back up, oh my gosh. I was so disappointed. <laughs> Bobby's kids are going to be so angry. <laughs> and look, I know lots of people were disappointed that Missy was the master because it was too obvious or had been done before, which I disagree with. But I feel like this episode goes a long way in justifying it. This entire season has revolved around the Doctor's new spiky personality and whether he is a good man. What better way to bring this to a head than bring back the character that is his equal and opposite in every way? And there's no way she's dead. <laughs> Did you see how she moved to that really particular spot when she thought the doctor was going to kill her? Teleport. Calling it. <laughs> right before Cyberbrig shot at her. Which, yeah, not sure how I felt about that bit. I love the nod of having the Briggs picture in the plane, but this might have been a step too far. Is he just out there in space having adventures now as Cyberbrig? 
Actually, maybe that's super cool. <laughs> I don't know. This episode is still really fresh, and I'll need to sit on it for a bit. What I am sure about is how amazing Capaldi was in this. His breakdown, smashed, his breakdown smashing the TARDIS when he found out the Master had lied about where Gallifrey was at was heartbreaking and so well done. And, of course, the ending. Clara lying to the Doctor so he won't feel guilty about leaving her and going home. The Doctor lying to Clara so she won't feel guilty about leaving him to stay with Danny. Both of them being very selfless and very thick. <laughs> it was so frustrating to watch. But at least we know Santa will help sort everything out. This has been an astounding season of Doctor Who that has been bold and exciting and quite possibly my favorite of the entire run. Can't wait to hear what you all thought. Megan. And thank you, Megan. Thank you, Megan. We'll get to that in a minute. But first, Holly. Holly writes, 202, Deep Water and Death in Heaven. Hey, guys. Great last podcast. Dr. Phil, I don't think I've laughed so hard in quite some time. Well played, sir. (laughs) Here, here. Here, here. Deepwater, I enjoyed the episode, and considering it was a two-parter, I knew that some of the payoff isn't going to happen until the last end. The whole opening sequence with Clara and her throwing the TARDIS keys into the lava was was as well was a well controlled was a well controlled play by the Doctor. I think she really, I think he really felt for Clara as well, and that she would do something for the person that she loved, and that he would do something for the person that she would love. She would do something for the person that she loved. Okay. Oh, anything. Okay, that's what I'm missing. <laughs> I think he really go, felt going, for Clara as well, and that she would do anything for the person that she loved. I got it. <laughs> the reveal with Missy being the master. Sean, the thought also ran through my head that it could have been Susan as well. It's nice to have another female Time Lord, but I have to say I kind of had a sneaky feeling that Missy was going to be revealed as the master, and it was... Good the reveal, and it was a good reveal, don't get me wrong. Plus, the cyborgs are looking really menacing this day. I think she meant Cybermen. Death in Heaven. Wow. All I can say is that Missy is really devious. The Doctor becoming President of Earth was interesting. The picture of the brig on the plane was a nice touch. Liked how Osgood was able to stand her ground for the most part with Missy. But I wish they would have let... uh, Yeah, Missy. But I wish they would have let her survive along with Kate. Danny turning into a Cyberman because of the infected rain and him not being connected was a very nice touch. We now finally know who gave Clara the doctor's number. Well, we now officially know. (laughs) (laughs) Danny's sacrifice at the end by sending the boy that he killed back through with Missy's bracelet had me tearing up along with the the conversation that the doctor and Clara had with both of them lying to each other. No, Danny's not back and no, the doctor didn't find Gallifrey. Still, a lot to sort through, though. Is the Missy Master really now dead, or did she, did he, she, have a contingency plan for being shot and was able to escape? Guess we'll just have to wait and see if that ever gets answered. Also, if both the Doctor and Clara will teach each other the truth during the Christmas special. We'll tell each other the truth during the Christmas special. Glad we don't have to let... No, we don't have long to wait. Looking forward to hearing everyone's thoughts on this episode. Holly from Wisconsin. Thank you, Holly. You know, it wasn't until, like, Friday that it occurred to me. If they've wrapped on the Christmas special, we might actually get a trailer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so used to not getting a Christmas trailer. It's, it's just Doctor Who will return at Christmas. Yeah, yeah that's exactly. what it is. And then later we get a trailer. Thank you, Holly. Up next is Lisa. 
Lisa Rice. Comment question, hello travelers in the vortex. Well, that was something. <laughs> Death in heaven was depressing. Thank goodness there were commercial breaks because this was so dis- disturbing and a real downer. Doctor Who at its most pretentious. Pretentious. Attempting to impress by affecting great, greater importance, talent, culture, etc. than it actually possessed. That's the definition. <laughs> Glad she clarified Thanks. That. <laughs> Thanks, Lisa. My life is not so good that I need or want entertainment that brings me down. What is the point of the doctor? Why is the master? Why is he a woman? Was there any reason for that? Why was Clara chosen to be the impossible girl? Who cares? I don't. What was the point of Danny Pink? What was the point of having Dan the soldier man? What was the point of little boy Danny killed but didn't? The Seb character? Was that supposed was I supposed to enjoy the that the actor playing Seb and the actor playing the doctor had been on a past TV show? Really? Sigh. Why have the bit Brig be a Cyberman? That is just horrible and a disgrace as far as I'm concerned. The call that the call Matt Smith made in the wedding of River Song was touching and poignant. This was ridiculous and shallow. I don't care if Santa fixes all of this at Christmas. This has happened at the moment, and you can't undo that. When this episode ended, I got up, made a hot sake shot, and put on an impossible astronaut day of the moon. I wanted to completely forget whatever that was that ran as the final episode of Series 8. For me, I can't imagine wanting to watch that again. I miss watching Doctor Who because it's fun, interesting, and clever. This was none of that. As I said earlier in the series, I'm making those who don't really care... Those making who? Those making who really don't care if those enjoying the show enjoy the show. I suppose because I like likable people and finding attractive men attractive. I'm just an overly shallow woman who, despite being 51, I am just not adult enough for this version of Doctor Who. What the hell was that? <laughs> the killing Osgood was 06 and 07 and demonstrated a dislike of the fans that I just don't understand. Moffat and company. Fans, we don't need no damn fans. Good luck with that. The doctor, once again, did nothing about what was happening. Clara is the doctor. Did you see her in the credits in the doctor's place? Sigh. They are so aware that they are making a show. Sigh. The Doctor has been on Earth most of the series, and you know, life is hard on Earth. I don't need this show to remind me. I'm just not interested in number 12. I still don't know him. I'm not interested in this new program, Dr. Clara, and I resent being given Dr. Clara when they've been advertising Doctor Who. Doctor Who has gone bad. Hollywood bad. Good visuals, but what for? To have a plane to go nowhere? The master gives the doctor an army, and never-ending army. Why? The over-realistic violence is just gratuitous. I'm sure teenage boys find it really exciting. There are a lot of underserved markets, as anyone can tell you. Rolling eyes a lot. (laughs) I like this show because it was a family show, and I don't have kids. It's obvious that Moffat is trying too hard to please his kids who are getting older and courting an American audience. 
Notice this doctor drinks coffee, not tea. I hate that. Sigh. Was there a story in all this? If there was a story to this series, I missed it. Time to move on, write my own stories, and look forward to Dr. Puppet. <laughs> Hopefully he won't be such a downer as the Dr. Clara show. I put Matt Smith on as soon as this ended and tried to change the crap mood Death and Heaven put me in. And I still struggle to sleep because I feel like I lost a friend. Frowny face. Looking forward to traveling the vortex and spending some time with other doctors for a while. This was so depressing and disturbing, I need to get away from it. Wishing everyone a safe and happy Thanksgiving. Lisa. Thank you, Lisa. And Lisa, I'm sorry that we kind of hoped that you would get that the series would win you over, and obviously it didn't. So I completely understand if uh, you walk away from the show for a while and come back when another doctor comes on. The good news, Lisa, is we take a break from 12 and and start exploring some of the older past doctors now. So So you don't have to take a break from us. That's right. Up next in feedback is Chrissy. Chrissy writes, not a good man, but an honorable one. Dear Vortex Boys, so what is there to say about death in heaven that hasn't already been said? Honestly, it's Series 8 encapsulated in one episode. It was brilliant, bonkers, emotional, and fitting, all rolled into one. All of Series 8 has been one huge character study, of the Doctor, of Clara, and even of Danny. It's focusing not so much on the plot elements and getting everyone from point A to point Z and everything in between. The plot has been secondary. The characters have come first. All of that culminated in this finale. The Doctor finally got his answer of, am I a good man? And the answer is, no, he's not a good man. He's a man trying to do good things. Sometimes that works. Sometimes it backfires on him big time. In that regard, the Doctor is just like everyone else. We all try to do good things, but the universe thrives on chaos and negativity and terrible things happening. And whenever anyone tries to stop that natural order, there's a very good chance of things getting messed up. However, that doesn't mean the doctor, or anyone else, should stop trying. Just like Cyber Danny fights the, hype, the Cyber Hive Mind in order to protect Clara and the rest of Earth. Because that's who and what Danny is. He's an honorable man who tries to do what he believes is right. That's what he died doing. And then we have Clara, who's trying to have it all. A life with the doctor, a life with Danny. Somewhere, those two lives were going to come clashing together, and she was going to lose her balance and topple over, figuratively speaking. Again, Clara is a good person trying to do her best to do good things, but the universe is a naturally chaotic place, and those good intentions can go horribly awry. Missy is chaos personified. That's been the master from day one, honestly. And I think that's what they were trying to go for here, showing how the master is chaos and the doctor is order. On the surface, they both want different things, but they go about getting those things the same way, which is what happened when Missy gifted the doctor his own army, and the Doctor reacts with shock and horror at what he's become. Missy is showing the Doctor who he is, but the Doctor rejects Missy's methods, just like he always has, and finds another way. And that other way turns out to be giving the Cyber Army to Danny Pink, to yet another honorable man. Because the Doctor trusts that Cyber Danny will do what's right with that army, which is something the Doctor does not trust himself to do, which says a lot about the Doctor's own maturity and trust in himself. It takes a lot of humility for someone to say, I don't think I should be trusted with this power, 
even though I can do good things with it. If that doesn't make a person a hero, I don't know what does. Other things. I don't think the Master is gone forever. Come on, the Master died for fun during the Fifth Doctor's era. <laughs> the Master's like Davros, always coming back with some excuse about escaping at the last minute. Cyber Brigadier was a really nice touch, if a little creepy, but it's Doctor Who, I'll go with it. I'm really mad they killed off Osgood. She was going to be the next companion. Another audition, by the way. Yeah. There was a nice well, that wasn't even an audition. It was an offer. Yeah. Pretty much. There was a nice shout-out to Dodo Chaplet at the Chaplet Funeral Home. I didn't pick up on that. So the doctor doesn't find Gallifrey, even though he told Clara he did. Danny didn't come back to Clara, even though she told the doctor that he did. This episode's ending was awful, even though it made sense for it to end like this. But I love that Santa Claus breaks in during the credits with story can't end there, which makes me think things are going to be just fine come Christmas. As an aside, I don't know anything about Nick Frost. But with a name like Nick Frost, how could he not be playing Santa Claus? <laughs> I know, it's a bit of a shock to me, Stan. He looks good in it, though. <laughs> Probably just a coincidence, but I love it. I like that it seems they've treated Christmas as part of the season, even if we do have to wait a month and a half for it. Overall, I'm pleased with Series 8. There were some hiccups along the way, but there were even more good moments than there were bad ones. And the bad moments weren't that bad. I love the 12th Doctor. I love Clara. I can't see 12 with any other companion than Clara, so I hope Jenna Coleman sticks around for a while. Barring that, can they finagle away for Osgood to not actually be dead? <laughs> they got the Brigadier back, in a way, so why not Osgood? This has been a really fun ride and a lot of great storytelling going on, and I can't wait to see what they do in Series 9. Take care, guys. Chrissy. Can I give her four movies off the top of my head to go investigate Nick Frost? <laughs> Cornetto Trilogy Cornetto and Paul. Trilogy. Oh, yeah. Okay, five. Paul and uh, Pirate Radio. That kind of shows his serious acting jobs. Oh, I forgot he was in Pirate Radio. Yeah. And if you can find the uh, Space t- TV series. Space is a good. Uh, he's kind of an off-the-wall character. And apparently, uh, what's the other show? Oh, Hyperdrive. Hyperdrive, yeah. yeah. The Cornetto trilogy. Chrissy, being, go look him up. You'll you'll like you'll love it. The Cornetto trilogy being Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and World's End. Yes. Just in case you didn't know that. And yes, you should go look him up immediately. We'll wait. Pause the tape. <laughs> and we're back. Chrissy's now completely caught up on Nick Frost. <laughs> How was Cuban Fury? I'm in an instant cube thinking about it. Uh, up next is Phil. Phil writes. Comment question, question comment. I got nothing. <laughs> hey, who peekins? He told me he wanted to put Amakavula again just so that I would say it, and then decided, nah, it's probably, you know, whipping a dead horse. And because that's what we do around here, Phil, Amakavula! Hey, who peekins? I got no chan- tangents. I got no stories. Oh, I didn't know the answer, but I did look up the name for Automan's creator, Walter Nibich. But, by the way, before I read ahead... Nibicher? Before I read ahead, I, I did remember... That he was played by Desi Arnaz Jr. So, I get that one, Phil. I didn't look ahead. All right. And he was played by Desi Arnaz Jr. Ah, there you go. Weird. So, I watched Death in Heaven at about 9 this morning. I've been thinking about it off and on all day at work. And as I write this, I still don't know how to feel about it. There was so much cool stuff, but... And that's it, really. The episode could have been named The Series of Really Cool Moments, but... Hopefully, I have a better idea about it when I'm typing this, or when I'm done typing about it. Brace yourself for stream of consciousness. Number one, I like Missy. I like Crazy Bananas Master. 
It's probably due to my experiences being limited to new who only, but the idea of a mustache twirling, mustache twirling uh, villain is such a treat that gets who is such a threat. Oh, I'm sorry. Who is such a threat? Yeah, it's not a treat. Who's such a threat? Well, it can be a treat. That he gets double-crossed by his allies and has to work with his enemy to stop them just doesn't work for me. It was one of my problems with Superman 2. Lex Luthor teaming up with the murderous Kryptonian war criminals is dumb. (laughs) RTD and Just had to dig a Superman dig in there, didn't you, (laughs) Phil? I see how it is. RTD's, and now Moffat's, master may be stopped by the doctor. But the master slash mistress always gets some painful victory in, pro- in the process. Then again, it's clear that the new Who master is just the Doctor's joker, and maybe that's why I like him slash her. But I don't see why the master wants to still hurt the Doctor. End of time seemed to resolve their whole conflict and even clear up some of the master's madness. No more drums. Still like Crazy, crazy Missy a lot. Number two, Missy killing Osgood. This was a great scene. It built to it built a lot of tension, but why wasn't Osgood carrying a tranquilizer gun? We're going to have you working in close proximity to a homicidal maniac. Give me a trank gun. That also would have been a great retort to Missy's whispered "I'm going to kill you" threat. Three, Clara lying about being the doctor. This was probably Moffat taking a pot shot at all the Clara critics, and I chuckled when her eyes were used in the opening. But couldn't she have argued that being the doctor's companion made her a valuable asset instead of pretending to be the doctor? If anything, I think the whole scene was so we could see sad Cyber Dan be sad. And yes, I want a poster of sad Batman is sad facing off with sad (laughs) Cyber Dan is sad. (laughs) That's good. I want that too. Off to Photoshop. (laughs) Number four, the Cybermen. A lot of cool imagery with them. I know the St. Paul scene was a big one for those schooled in classic Who, but I was also a fan of seeing the metaphorical zombies rising from the graves. But why Cybermen? You could have accomplished all of this with some new creation of the Master. I didn't see anything about this story that needed them to be Cybermen other than to say, look, Cybermen, classic Who reference. And honestly, I don't see how Cybermen could be anybody's favorite monster. Well, Phil, I don't see how how David Tennant could be anybody's doctor. So there you go. Five, Doctor in the Military. I don't know why, but this episode was kind of the last straw for me. Yes, yes, the Doctor doesn't like soldiers. What a surprise. He's belittling a high-ranking officer with a chest full of medals. I know that he got his comeuppance from Cyberdan, and in a big way, the brig, but I would have punched the air in glee if the poor officer had smiled at the man scout comment and said, yes, Mr. President, this merit badge was for dragging a squad mate out of a burning Humvee, and this one was for dodging sniper fire to get to that, I'm sorry, to get and treat that man with gut rot, and so on. I love With a gut shot. Oh, with a gut shot. Okay, well. You get gut rot from gut shot. And uh, so on. I love Capaldi's doctor, and I'm fine with the abrasiveness. But that's getting really old. Sorry, but that's getting really old. Six, the brig. Really, really cool scene and all, but was that just another way to shoehorn in a classic doctor reference? 
Maybe, but it was awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, that was me answering it. (laughs) Number seven. The master created the idea of slash belief in the afterlife. It was a throwaway line, I'm sure, but it was insulting. I'm not even talking about this from a religious standpoint. You're honestly suggesting that a species possessing self-awareness, consciousness, and introspection needs someone else to come along and make them ask what happens next? Next? And after all that, the episode ends with Santa Claus. Seriously? I mean, yay Nick Frost and all, but Santa Claus? (laughs) Number eight. Deus ex respendica. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously, that wristband has more functions than the sonic screwdriver. It can control Cybermen. It can act as a homing homing device. I think it can unlock handcuffs. Oh, yeah. And it can resurrect the wearer from the dead, or whatever dimension Danny and the rest of the fallen Cybermen went to, since there is no afterlife. And after all, after all that, I still have no idea where I stand on this one. Granted, I I like End of Time, so my critics' credentials are not the best. Odd duck, Phil. You said it, we didn't, Phil. P.S. I can't in good conscience enter my name in the prize drawing. This house is simply not safe for many figs. I don't care how many regenerations the doctor has left. If my daughter gets her hands on them, he'll lose all of them. Not if one, Now, if one of the prizes involves Sean having to say something on the podcast, like maybe Transformers are superior to G.I. Joe in every conceivable way... All right, grab the hat. We're throwing Phil. <laughs> I knew it was Not going to happen, Phil. (laughs) Thanks, Phil. Yes, thank you very much. Much like the mandolin in uh, Moulin Rouge, I only speak the truth. So, wow, we had um, a a few in favor. We had one really against, and we had one kind of on the fence so far. A divisive episode to an end to a divisive season. Shall we move on to find out what we thought? Yeah, let's do that. With Cybermen in the streets of London, old friends unite against old enemies, and the old and the Doctor takes to the air in a startling new role. As the Doctor faces his greatest challenge, sacrifices must be made before the day is won. Dun dun dun! It gets one from me this week. I concur. Here's my review. Fixed every problem I had last week. <laughs> I don't even care that I was wrong. Even don't <laughs> even care that I was wrong. Even though it went along the plot you didn't want it don't to? Don't even care that it was wrong. That you were wrong or that it was wrong? That I was wrong about there being a second reveal. Although there kind of was, and they slipped it in as the... Uh, it was actually kind of a bait and switch with the whole Clara thing. And the eyes, every even. I thought, okay, where are we going with this? Had they not done this whole plot line of teaching the doctor or the Clara to be the doctor I would have bought into it more but having that whole flat line and all that storyline just it was cool but I knew what she was doing I actually I kind of I had figured it out too but I still thought it was a clever way to set you off clever. kilter yeah. before we even got into the, I, of the I, story. I totally knew what she was doing until the credits showed up, <laughs> and her name came first. I did second guess what I and was her thinking. eyes were in the thing, and then it was like, okay, wait a minute. So then I did a very quick <laughs> through the entire season and went, maybe that's why the doctor is not 
<laughs> maybe that's why he's that's been ex- off. And maybe that's why she's been, because we've really been focusing exactly on her. And maybe it's and it like, the, no, Moffat's exactly plan was, was me. He, he <laughs> has gone from trolling fans in interviews to trolling fans in the show. <laughs> exactly what it was. I didn't go through any of that. You just, you so just didn't was like, him. that could be a really cool idea. I was like, uh. well, no. suddenly I got because for, for just at, at the end of the re- the review, it was suddenly a real brief moment of excitement. Like, wow, if we actually did that. We did have a female doctor, and we didn't know about it. I was like, but that doesn't work because <laughs> she was already there with Matt Smith, so it can't be okay. okay. Uh, never mind. I did. <laughs> I did the, better how she's the impossible. Girl. I did the. Oh, I see what she's doing here. Credit roll eyes. Wait a minute. <laughs> I had to back it up by because the, I was like, wait a minute, where are those By the <laughs> end of the credit, or by the end of the opening credits, I went, nah. <laughs> Can I bring up something that I, you guys probably won't even think twice about? No. Of course I, you can. I find it weird. <laughs> That's why we do this podcast. I find it weird that the Cybermen's mouse light up. <gasps> no, I loved it. I don't, I don't know if I, I liked it. I don't know it. why they needed to do it, but I loved it. I now, again, I, it makes them a little upgrade. less menacing. I don't know. No, now I they can't hide in the dark. Not well. But it <laughs> only lights up when they speak. But, the, but a, a talking, it only, it's, mechanical it's, voice it's a lot in the dark, like the that's little, terrifying. Um, it's like the head bobbles for the Daleks. That's why you it like it. Yeah, it reminds you of a Dalek. I went, hey, eventually these guys are going to be Daleks. It's like the eye stock on the head of the old school Silurians. That didn't always light up sometimes when they were talking. Well, the first time it lighted up, second time it didn't. <laughs> and then the third time it went away. You should read. Um, I didn't think about it. I don't have a problem with Keith, it. Keith, you should read that first comic, um, The Shapeshifter, and you should read the last comic before the audios. Uh, I think it's called World Changers. I should? You okay. should. Just you those should. two? Just those two. Okay. Only read the World Shavers, not Shapers, not anything to do with. Um, the Frobisher idea, or, the, or leading into Frobisher. I want your opinion on a on a. Well, I actually want your opinion too. We we don't have to do this now. We can do this when we review the comics. But I, I'm going to ask you off mic last week. I'm sorry I'm derailing here, but I'm thinking of this and it blew my mind. Um, I want to know your opinion on the way the story goes. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I'm eating all of Glenn's candy. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, it helps. So. I, I I just don't know how I, I feel I, about the I have another in the truck because it was two for two dollars or two for three dollars. How did you feel about the flying? I liked it. I did too. I thought it was a little. I did too. I, I liked how it was kind of meta, because ever since the redesign, it's been they look like Iron Man. So now we're going to make them fly. Yes, of course. <laughs> well, <laughs> they didn't have hand repulsors, but it was close enough. It, 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 it's one of those things that they didn't need the master stairs; they could walk them. But this is a good upgrade. That was what I. I that was one of the things that I did. Was I, as soon as I saw them fly, I remembered back to Missy's comment last week, where she said, "Well, we're not Daleks." Because she makes that comment before they go up the stairs, because he, he makes a comment about stairs. Am I right? Or am I am I bringing something yes, else into? It. Okay, yeah. so she makes that comment, and my first thought was, well, yeah, but the Daleks fly now, so they don't have any problem with stairs. Kind of a weird comment, but they, <laughs> the Cybermen now have the flying ability. I went, oh, this is cool. This it is, was a really it is cool. It, 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 I, I agree with you that it's it, it, upgrade. There are there are a lot of people who complain. Uh, this, they kind of look like you know Iron Man suits and this kind of stuff. I like the fact that... It's more the body we, than the face. Yeah. I mean, we, we totally... Okay, if we're going well, to go there... Yeah, let's go ahead and do this ability. End, Danny pulls the mask off, and oh, I had that. another cyber or another Iron See, Man I didn't, moment. I, didn't I went, oh, that. wow. Okay. Yeah, I did too, actually. Yeah. But I I, kind of, I like it. It's, you know, If we're going to do it, sure, let's go ahead and go full board and say, yep, 
they fly now. And I think they're scarier. I think oh, Cybermen yeah. have now... Th- I had the same reaction with them taking off as I did when the one in Remembrance of the Daleks, when that Dalek floated up the stairs very slowly and agonizingly, but it went upstairs, <laughs> which we'd never seen before. I had that same reaction of, oh, crap. Because this... this I'm, so, I'm, I'm sorry, Neil Gaiman. This is scarier than making them fast. Yeah, agreed. Which is another reason why I kind of think this is kind of a different subgroup of Cybermen versus See, I, the I, official. I buy into it's still the official okay. and uh, yeah, it's okay. And again, it's just a, <laughs> so the, the speed next was just a a, a a patch that didn't quite work. It no, was, they just realized it wasn't. It as was, it was as Cyber three point oh, and then they immediately three point one. They could do it. <laughs> some instances they didn't. Of a branch because they all. Um, well, yeah, <laughs> technically, it's that's possible. a good point. Yeah. The, uh, no, is this the Windows Vista but, of Cybermen? But let's also remember that, that even though they're a hive mind, it was only the no, one Cyberman in, in uh, what was the, the, the Nightmare and Silver. Nightmare and Silver. It, it upgraded on the fly and, and realized it needed to do that. It wasn't a... It wasn't yeah, a, that's true. Everybody uh, uh, yeah. had did it, had, did it, had done it. And maybe they figured it wasn't proficient enough. So it, or it was a case-by-case it basis. Care, it didn't matter to work, so... Because it, there were, they they dispersed over cities, and there's one per city. That's enough. They didn't need to explode and turn into a cloud. One Cyberman hanging over the city. That's enough to cause enough fear and level it. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Thank you. Glenn. Look at me. I'm defending Cyberman. What the hell? <laughs> I actually, I was kind of disappointed that they exploded and turned into a cloud. Oh. I knew you would. In fact, when they exploded, I thought, oh, I bet he didn't like that. <laughs> well, then they created more Cybermen. Well, exactly. So okay. <laughs> well, and the, the, That's a cool way to create new Cybermen. Sacrifice bot. Yeah. Did I say this on the cast last week, that the one thing I wanted was the images of the Cybermen bursting out of the grave, zombie style? Did I, I say that? You said it on the podcast. You told it to me during Friday Night Hill. Oh, uh, Friday, yeah. The, 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 it was the one image. Since we didn't get them busting out of the big glass tomb chambers last week, it was like... <laughs> I just don't think you guys are... I, I, I wanted nope, that image. I, stand by it. I watched it again this week. I, I wanted that I, image. As I uh, alluded to, we watched it again before uh, we watched this week's, and those glass cases opened and they walked out, and I still didn't think, oh, they should have smashed through them. It just, it was, it was perfect. No. We don't. We it don't. Would, we don't need all that classic Who stuff. Come on. It would have. It would have been wasteful. <laughs> oh, by the way, the brig was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been wasteful, but it would have been cool just to see them all rise up and <laughs> through the glass and step out and just you know, yeah. It I, would have just been a skeleton busting the glass, and then the water comes out. And but, ooh, that, would have, that would have been even cooler. Although the water had drained at that point, but yeah, had it not, then it would have well, been. Then that would have been. That might have been, been a awesome kind of a reveal. cooler way to reveal them. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it would have, because you would have got both images at the same time. <laughs> it would have just been, why are this? Because they moved first, and everybody was, why are they moving? And they then they would stood have up. stood up. And then they would have come through the glass, and as it, and the glass, and the water, and then the reveal that that's what it was, it would have been, yeah, you're right, Patrick, totally. That's the way. <laughs> yeah. Missed opportunity there. But no, I, the, I told you, the one thing I wanted from this episode is I want to see graves popping open with Cybermen crawling out. Zombie Night, style. N- of, Night of the Living Dead zombie style. Because we didn't get that from the glass. I want to see hands and stuff coming out of, you know, and the emergence. And we got that. And I was all happy. Even Although, it was creepy. And it was appropriately zombie style because yeah. they were all trying to adjust and get, you know, they hadn't got their programming yet. Yeah. And, so. and they wandered around aimlessly in the graveyard for a little bit, kind of. <laughs> That's probably one Very of my, Night of the Living Dead. Yeah. 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 
I, I like the ideas and the, 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 the way it was portrayed, but being the Cyberman fan that I was, I felt they were a little underutilized. I kind of see the argument that it could have been any new thing. What? <laughs> underutilized? They didn't now, wait do a minute. anything. We're going we're gonna to have to they defer didn't. here. Or we have to they didn't do anything. That's the We've problem. We've gone to the, folk in the fork in the road. They, what do you mean they didn't do anything? They fired up into the air... They blew up. They seeded for new Cybermen. They flew around and attacked the um, Earth Force One with the president on board, <laughs> the president of Earth. <laughs> That's all they did was attack Which the plane. They, they, they were at the beck and call, and then when they were waking up and, and getting ready for their programming, which was a huge, important, epic, uh-oh moment she when these guys activate... Which was fine, but then when Danny does activate him, it's, it's Danny. This whole thing was Cyberman, Keith. It's, it's Danny's part that I'm okay with. It's it's all of that leading up. It doesn't feel like they do enough. No, no, no. It's it's no. it's they're nice. I was nicely. This was okay. Atmospheric. They covered the they, they covered you the earth in darkness. Like the they Cyberman. took down an airplane and then they saved the world. What yes. more do you want from a Cyberman? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think exactly. Keith's argument is they had no agency. No, but that's fine. It because, was all Missy agency. But the here's problem. the thing is, we have gone through 50 years of Doctor Who, actually a few years less because they didn't show up, obviously, until about four years in, five yeah. years in. But anyway, we've gone years. through 45 years of Doctor Who with Cybermen that are so ineffective and so bumbling and so idiotic. And then I did like we, tr- were- we attempt to make them more menacing in New Who, and we never quite achieve that level. Keith, this is the first time I sat there and went, wow. These Cybermen are scary as heck. I don't know what's going to happen next. Maybe I think all of the elements and trappings of the story made these Cybermen the most menacing for me. The most possibly, I mean, just knowing that the dead was rising as Cybermen. That I like. I kept I thinking, was cool. "Oh my gosh, this is the most effective use of Cybermen I have ever seen in Doctor Who." And I was absolutely eating it up and loving the Cybermen. Probably for the first time in history, <laughs> of going, this is how you use Cybermen. All of that, me going uh, last week, going eh, the Cybermen, and eh, you know, it was what? Okay, I don't, I'm I don't glad know. they won you over. Oh my gosh, this week was perfect. I, I think, I think if this it had is effective been the, Cybermen, I think use. if it had been the Cybermen plots, and if it wasn't a Missy sharing the bill with the Master, it would have been more effective and better. No, for me. Cybermen need to be used. That's my that that was my that's what I came away from this. Cybermen need to be used as an army. Cybermen do not need to try to do things on their own <laughs> because they screw it up. No, and I'll give you this I'll I'll David David Banks, just as but. much, but they needed somebody to use them as an army, and that's what happened here. Well, that's if what you look at the invasion, which we just finished watching. In keeping with the theme of the series, Cybermen are the soldiers, they mean officers. I I did like the parallel they they drew. They drew the parallel, and I liked that. Needing a cyber controller. Which, which Danny ends up being the cyber controller. <laughs> and if, if you if you look at the invasion, which we just got done watching this week, Tobias Vaughn is pretty much the even though the Cybermen think they're in control, he's the one calling the shots. And, and he's utilizing them, utilizing as, them as an army, yeah. and that's why we like that story. So that's much. one of the, my favorite Cybermen stories is the invasion because the Cybermen are menacing. And then you have other stories like Revenge of the Cybermen, where they're kind of bumbling around on this gold planet with a bomb that Earth shock. Or Earthshock, or Revenge of the Cybermen, <coughs> Attack of Silver the Cybermen, Nemesis. Silver Nemesis, where they get taken out by a girl with a slingshot. It's later, and a book bag full of nitro knife. 
I don't mean to laugh at your monsters. I'm really sorry. But I do glom on to the black and white Cybermen a bit more than the you color do. black Cybermen. So I don't yeah, know. It just I, I have to agree with Glenn. I think this was a really good use, and I, I think the master was a, 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 a genius. In a way, it felt a little calculated. I guess I just wish they. I, I know they did great, big, important things, but a lot of that was them doing things not as Cybermen. It was doing them as nanobites or flying up and exploding. I wish we would have seen a bit more of them doing more traditional Cybermen yeah. instead of zombie yeah. Cybermen. You know what? More traditional. They were. They were. They, here's what I and, and you, you saying that just zeroed me in on what I liked about them. I like less of them being a um, self-contained army and more being a weapon. That's what they were because they I, were I weaponized. That. Yeah. that made them menacing. That's exactly what made them menacing. So really, what they're trying to do, what they need to do, is not. Try to follow the Daleks' footsteps as much. <laughs> I, I don't know if you heard me in there. I said the Daleks are just as guilty of, yes. of that as well. But the Daleks are still more menacing than the Cybermen any day. I don't. And they clearly would have won that war in uh, Army of Ghosts and uh, uh, Doomsday. They totally would have won that war had the Doctor not come along. I have, to, I, 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 I have to side with you on that one. I mean, when, when, when the, and, and the Daleks are better at smack talking. Because what he says, you know, the Cybermen are only more efficient in one thing. What is it? Dying. And then it kills all of them in the, in the hallway. It was kind of yes. like... Yep. Uh, but, 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 game but, set match to the, to the Daleks. Right there was the great line of... The Daleks have no sense of elegance. That's obvious. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 a pretty good smack talking too. Uh, I, I'll give them that. Uh, it, it, it was good, but it wasn't. <laughs> You're superior in only one way: dying. <laughs> okay, that's the thing with this. The I, I felt it was a little calculated putting the Master and Cybermen together because it felt a little bit like Doomsday Army of Ghosts, where it was like, well, what haven't we done? You know, in 40 years of Who, we've never actually had the Daleks and the Cybermen in the same story. Yeah, let's do that, because my mind was so blown by that moment. And it kind of sort of felt like, uh, the Master's never been in a story with Cybermen before. Let's do that. Okay. Aside from Five Doctors. Aside from Five Doctors. but Along that lines... And it's using them more as an army. It again. is. I mean, like I said, I still think, I still think the Master was a very good... Pairing with I'm them. gonna, and this is along that lines. I'm gonna eat a lot of crow this week because you know how disappointed I was that they went back to those <laughs> same trappings. Boy, did they re- just did they redeem themselves this week? And I'll tell you what I liked about this was this was not the typical doctor pairing with the Cybermen and then needing the doctor's or help. The master, yeah. Or master, sorry, the master siding or teaming with the Cybermen and then or or any. Monster of the week, invasion army of the week, whatever, and then and then two thirds of the way, finding out that oh I've messed up and the doctor has to get him out of this. This all the way to the end was Missy felt like she was in control right up to the to the eleventh hour, and I loved that that this finally, the master slash mistress slash Missy whatever we're calling her now, I she was not she was she. At least seemed to be in total control of the situation all the way up to the very end. Bravo Moffat for finally making a pairing. I mean, you still had to have the hero save the day, which well, happens. Yeah. But bravo for making a pairing, a pairing between the master and somebody else. The Taco Fame, you can argue, was kind of the same thing. Yeah. But bravo for making a pairing 
But but the Taco thing turned on the master exactly. Too. So so bravo for making a pairing that at the very end finally uh, control was wrestled for the master. Well, and last week I mentioned how I was so excited. I hope they do that. I was okay with that. They didn't. Yeah, because yeah. the way they did it was so oh, well done. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it was very very well done. So yeah. Um, Right from the get-go, when, when, when Clara does the I'm the Doctor and I said, oh, this is clever. This is a clever thing, even though I think that's even been I, – I, I can't recall when, but I, I, I don't think anybody's ever posed as the Master. But I think it would have been too simple to have her, as I think uh, Phil alluded to, have her say, I'm the Doctor's companion, so I'm just as important as if I were the Doctor. I think it was clever to, for her to say, I am the Doctor, because number one – you're, you add that element of confusion in with the element of uh, keeping alive, the ne- necessary to keep me alive because there's I'm valuable. So it added confusion to value, and that worked really well on that scale. And I, I'm even fine. You know, I, I've been complaining a lot that Moffat's been trolling fans within the series now. This is the first troll that I loved. I love the fact <laughs> that they opened with the eyes. I love the fact that the, the naysayers and the haters have been saying this feels too much. Sorry, Lisa. This feels too much like Dr. Clara. And I love the fact that we went so far as to go, they recognize hey, the fact by that- the way, here's why we've been doing this. Because we're the, everything from this season, every episode, even the ones that I thought weren't as good as others, were just really nicely culminated in the second part of this. I think this really is probably fixed. one of Moffat's best masterpieces, long-range storytelling. All of those people saying, oh, Clara feels too much like a control freak. She, yes, she is a control freak. I admit that. I don't have a problem with that. And they I acknowledge that at the end, the doctor even says, you know, you're too much of a control freak. You're that, Missy used the idea of Clara being so much of a control freak, as that's why she why placed she? the two together. Yeah. I mean, it, I absolutely loved that Moffat didn't let any of that hang out there, and we've been debating that. That's the beauty of this. We've been debating all of this for so long, and Moffat ultimately had a plan. And I love the fact and he that, t- that he, he tied it all together very nicely with the flashback sequences that we, we've confirmed. She's the one that gave you the number. She's the one that did this. Put the added the, the newspaper. Uh, the in the newspaper. And just boom, 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 boom. That you know that all of this worked up to that. Now there are still questions I feel that are unanswered. No, I agree. I agree. But I'm hoping that that's again part of the overarching. We're going to get. There. I think Moffat's really been good all the way from the beginning of his run. Been really good at that of leaving a lot of questions unanswered and answering the majority of them by the by a certain point in the in in the in the run, and I think he always leaves a few nuggets that he can then um, hold on to and surprise us with later and say, yeah, yeah. hey, by the way, I'm going to answer this. So that that's really cool. Um, what I like. Oh, here's here's another. Well, I'm, I'm going to shine over these classic Hugh moments, guys. I'm going to shine over them because I loved them. Oh yeah. And, and where I was complaining last week that we felt like we dropped back into an old Who episode, <laughs> I was fine with everything this week. When Kate walked up with Unit and they came in and stormed, and they were going to capture the Cybermen, and they were confused as to why all of you know why they were so ready, and she had the old classic Cybermen helmet. She had thrown out onto the pavement, and I went. Yeah, and Caitlin turned to me and said, "That's an actual Cyberman. That's a that's a, a classic Cyberman. Yeah, nice. said, that's a classic Cyberman." And I was like, "I yeah, know." <laughs> that was wonderful. Never yeah. expected ever since. I thought after we saw the Cyberman head 
in uh, Utah Dalek. in Dalek yeah. in, uh, what's the guy? Uh, Van Staten. Van Staten's vault. After we saw that, I thought that's the last aspect of a classic Cyberman we're going to see from here on out. And then to surprise me with that was a, I punched the air with that one. Well, and then after getting the teaser image last week of the Doctor holding that head. Right, And right. then it not showing up in the episode. Right. I kind of gave up hope there, that was going to actually show up. There was a up. lot of kind of bleed over because like last week's episode was called Dark Water. But it really wasn't until this one started that when they started raining and the sewers were filling up with this stuff that was going into the mortuary. The then play. all of a sudden, it was like yeah. dark water made sense to me. I was like, ah. No, they brought that up last week. That's what it was called. Right. That's what Chan said right. it's called. It we is, call it dark water. Right. Yeah. But, but I hated that. It means that. the I allegory played into the water. Yeah, yeah, I, I hated the fact that that was what they based the title on because I felt like this is a really weak title if that's where you're going with it. But now all of a sudden it's like, oh, there's a double entendre there, but you needed both parts for that to make sense. Yeah. I thought so. No, um, I am glad the allegory works better for you now. It works much better for me now. But yeah, it was Bob's head. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Bob made a cameo and I knew who. <laughs> I was at first a little uns- Oh, you were going to say something before I chimed in with that. Oh, Sorry. I was uh, going back a little bit. I really liked how this season there was the small. And it turned out a little even smaller plot of heaven and paradise and everything was along the season. But more importantly, it was thematic elements that came through and ended. And these character questions that we've been exploring throughout the season culminated in this episode. That's what I think Moffat did best out of anything he's done before. Where there was the crack and that was interesting, that was cool. There was river and that was interesting, that was cool. And then... Kind of took a break. This thematic idea, this is what I really liked about the season, is the questions of the characters instead of a plot MacGuffin that's going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brilliantly done. It's, it's an interesting way to do Doctor Who after 50 years. It's a new way of, to do of, it, yeah, really. Of, of giving us... The show continues to evolve. Yeah. Here, here, here's a plot element, and we're going to spend X amount of time running about getting captured, escaping, doing whatever, dealing with this plot element, as, as uh, I think it was Chrissy pointed out, moving the characters from A to Z. And instead kind of dealing with who these characters are why and what are drives them and why are they moving from A to Z. Oh, and, oh, by the way, there's some Cybermen in this. And, and kind of getting that. This one felt really like... We've we've kind of taken the threads of all that stuff and finally given you this, but it is all integral to the plot that's going on, which was really masterful how that that was put together. Torchwood and the Bad Wolf and the Crack and all these things have been, they played a big part, but it's still kind of, it's a, it's a, just a elements. It's a. I, I, I'm not. I'm blanking on the word, but it's just one of those things that it's. Well, it's a theme. It's, it's a. It's, it's, it's not even a theme. It's like, it's a gun, and we're going to get it at the end of the episode. It's going to be fired at the end of the season. Yeah. And it's Chekhov's gun, and it's just. It, I just think this was so much better done than anything we've had before, and you know how much I like Moffat, so it's just one of those things that I think. Masterpiece. I still think there there are things, not necessarily questions that I think he purposely left obscured. There are things that I don't feel like wrapped up as neatly as I wanted them to, like this very strong aversion of soldiers. I agree with Phil. I, the, the 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 poor Indian officer on the on the plane who's being belittled and, and boy scouted. I, I I was angry with him at that point. Well, like you know, this is the, really had, kind of had it not been all the been doing it up to that point and then kind of the re- 
everything at the end was Cyber Danny, I would have had more of a problem. With Agreed. It. I think I, well, that, I think it, I think it was one well. more chance to drive that issue. And see, and home. I think it was. I think yeah. it was too. But much. I think I think it was wrapped up really well because I think the Doctor realized that while he's continuing to demonize the soldier aspect, he also learned the lesson of the necessity sometimes of an army of of a soldier. And how a lot of times the soldiering is overlooked by the officer, which was something that Danny has been pressing. Yeah, he was he was the counter to the doctor's you know dis- distaste of soldiers, and Danny was the, the the other side of the distaste of the officer. I mean, he really kept putting down officers. You know, that's just like an officer. That's exact. And so, I think that the the doctor learned as much. I don't I don't know that it was a learning experience for Danny. I think it almost uh, rectified Danny's. Oh yeah. Point. No, it it, but, it totally justified. So his I think it wrapped it up I mean, enough that, that, that the doctor kind of realized. And what cements that is one of my other favorite parts, which I was I was in tears with, was when that surprise shot comes as the doctor's getting ready to go ahead and, and pull the trigger on the master, and the surprise shot comes, and he turns to look. And my first guts thought was that Danny had come back and took yeah. care of the situation for him, which to me was a redeeming – well, Danny had already redeemed himself, but was another strong element until he pointed and we saw Kate on the ground. And when it occurred to me – who, in fact, before he even said that Kate was still alive, I already started formulating the idea because I had thought earlier all of these d- people from the dead were rising. My thought was how many past companions are mm. dead now? They don't. They, they haven't really alluded to who is past, but other than Adric, we know he's dead. You know, but <laughs> that was, how many? Yeah. How many? Especially if this is set in the near future, how many companions are now Cybermen? How how devastating an idea? And I really did. I kind of thought about it, and I thought, oh, that's uh, that's kind of a creepy. So it was already. Like I'm not for, sure I want to go I, there. Yeah, so, I had already. Yeah. But then they took me there. See, and, I never had that thought. See, I, and so when he pointed, and Kate was there. Even before he said she's still alive, and started postulating the idea that she must have, somebody must have caught her and you know flew her down here. I think a lot of people's ideas also went to, oh, that must have been Danny. It saved yeah, I totally her. thought it was Danny. And I had already went, oh my god, it was the brig. And then it occurred to me that that was even even if Missy escaped, which is okay, it might cheapen this a bit. The, who was the one? Who is other than the doctor? Who is the only other person? Who has been chasing the master <laughs> for a long yeah. time? It's the brigadier, and to give the brigadier again, we go back to the whole. Remember in uh, Battlefield, where the brig was going to go in and take out uh, Lady Fancy Pants and uh, Mordred because he he's the soldier and the doctor is the the leader, the savior. Oh, uh, not Fancy Pants. You said that and I was trying to. Um Fancy Pants and Silver. Oh, so yeah. that is. Uh, Mordred and uh, Lady... Morgana. Morgana. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, I had Fancy Pants was from... Uh, well, that's who we called. The other well, you guy. said Battlefield, yeah, and Battlefield. then you said Morgan. I was so, like, okay. Uh, Lady, and then yeah, Lady, Lady Fancy Morgan. Pants. And- then so when... Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. No, you're so right. So when he's going to go... And because he... Remember, and the, do- the doctor doesn't end up letting him do it, because he's the one that has to kind of... He, it, he's responsible. He, he feels responsible. That was, uh, again, one of those moments that the brig... This is my role. This is what I do. And the doctor shouldn't have to do this because of who he is. And so the brig shooting her, when I thought of that, I thought, oh, my God, that is the, that's the end point for the brig. 
That's ultimately what the brig had to do, and he didn't get the chance to do it. And this also denied his programming, <laughs> and, and, and clearly he denied his programming long before Danny took control oh, yeah. because Kate fell out of that plane a long time before we got to yeah. that point. Okay, so when I when I realized it was the brig, I'm getting chills now, and I'm actually tearing <laughs> up a little now, but when I realized that that was the case... The icing on the cake was the fact that he revealed that the brig is the one that saved Kate. And so that goes back to the whole soldier thing where the doctor learned the importance, how soldiers are a necessity as well, and a that he worked for unit. He sort of quasi worked under the brig, sort of. They were pretty much equal and he made yeah. sure that <laughs> he made sure that he the brig was aware that he didn't work for him because they clashed so much. But the doctor, and I, this was the brilliance of this episode, was having the Briggs picture on Earth Force One and having somebody make the comment, Kate make the comment that my dad always, you know, I think my, my dad always wished you would salute him. That and was his goal, to get yeah. you to do it once. That's what it was. It was my dad's goal was to get you to salute him once. <laughs> and the doctor saying if he would only have asked, I thought that was kind of a neat moment yeah. as well. You know, realizing that I didn't get the chance to salute him. So then, when at the end, when the doctor does this, I'm oh, sorry, I'm breaking up. Again. <laughs> when the doctor does the salute, that was the moment that got me the most, more than oh, any of the yeah. deaths, more than any of the the love story, which were great. They were wonderful moments. All, but when he saluted the brig, I, that was. I don't care that the brig was a Cyberman. <laughs> the brig fought to the very end because he, he's not he, a Cyberman. He, he dispatched of the master, yeah. and he did not succumb to the cyber cybernetic transformation. That was awesome. That was that. That was the icing of the cake. Of this episode, they could have ended the episode there, and it would have been brilliant. And they went on, and it was fine. Everything was good. Now, the other the other time that I was heartbroken was when you realized that not only that did the doctor and Clara lie in that scene at the uh, cafe, the the it, this this episode was all about lies. Mm-hmm. The unit, it starts with lies. Unit Kate. Osgood, they all lied to the doctor because they had to in order to set up the protocol. The the whole thing was about lying. The the master ultimately won again because she had lied to the doctor. Mm-hmm. He thoroughly trusted that he had gotten a genuine answer from her, uh, the truth, and he didn't. And then that made him smashing the console. This the breakdown that he had that much more powerful. It yeah. just it, it was crafted so well. It was crafted so well. There's part of me that thinks that Gallifrey is there, and she didn't lie about it being in that coordinates. It's just in a different dimension. Maybe, different but I think that I think that cheapens. I, che- I think that cheapens the. I, I, I like the idea that the master did. The master always comes out with a victory, no matter what. So and that was that's that like was what Phil victory. said: is yeah. that, that, that you know we we've always associated the master with being Moriarty. But he, he's really right. It really is almost a little more Joker for for this because, despite the fact that the Doctor even wins, in death, the Doctor wins, or the uh, Master, wins. you know, yeah. even when the Doctor defeats him or her and wins, there's some element of hurt that has been inflicted. Yeah. There's some element yeah. of, you know, haha, I got you, and for for that to come out in this way and just be, oh yeah, I, I lied about that too, you know, and. And, Although, and, back to the Moriarty theme, this was very Sherlock ending. 
very Dr. Yeah. Uh, Sherlock Moriarty in the fact that the way that it all culminated. And especially if the the master isn't dead. Well, and see that that's honestly that's another thing that I wasn't quite set on. I, I liked the fact that Missy was was crazy bananas, but it, it felt, was done really well. But I felt like too much of a retread. Well, yeah, because it, it, we as, even talked about that last week. I, how we had hoped that Missy wasn't. I wanted to be. I wanted her to be a little more. Master. I wanted her to be a little more calculating and a little more. Not necessarily mustache twirling, not not Anthony Ainley's master, but I wanted a little more Roger Degato. I wanted a little more suave. I wanted a little more in control. Well, you know, an element of crazy is fine, but something just occurred to me about her lying about where Gallifrey was. She mentioned earlier in the episode. She says the best thing about knowing something is not telling. Not telling you, yeah, very yeah. specifically about it. Um, and I like the fact that we glossed over how she survived. <laughs> the doctor has because that's the, the question number one. How? How did, she, how did you do? Well, you rescued Gallifrey. You rescued me too. It doesn't work like that. Eh. And she moves on. And I because I, I told Mel it was like there's a part of me that really wants them to pin down exactly how this worked. And for all we know, the master co-opt another body. I mean, you know, it well, doesn't yeah. even have to be a regeneration. It's just whoever was available. But I like the fact because I almost there's another there's another part of me, a bigger part of me that kind of hopes. You know, I've been dead and resurrected so many times. I don't really know anymore. <laughs> I'd have been okay with that too. <laughs> sort of makes me wonder, though, because we're still dealing with the doctor trying to find Gallifrey plot. It still makes me wonder if she'll be an integral part of that, and that's why she, that it'll be revealed that she did escape. And that um, there'll be that will be that answer will be fulfilled as well. Even though it was kind of clever that they did leave it so ambiguous and was kind of a neat difference of what we've done by explaining everything away, as you're saying. Yeah, uh, kind of makes me wonder if we will still get the answer. Oh, I'm, I'm sure there'll still be it. some element of it that'll come up. But did you guys watch the extra? No, no. I didn't. So in it, Moffat talks about surprisingly how he loved. In the 80s, whenever the doc, the master would show up where he'd previously died. Yeah. And just give an excuse of, I escaped. Yeah. And Moffat really likes that idea. Yeah, that so, makes sense why then he, he perpetrated that. And, and, and then I think that's also why she will, will return. Oh, she's definitely coming back. But I, there, there's a part of me that was just a little, like you mentioned, that it felt very Sherlockian. I think Missy's portrayal felt very much the way Moffat and company wrote. Moriarty, yeah, a little bit. It just it was it was very they were very taking note shades of, the, of, yeah. of that, and and I kind of a bit more bonkers. <clears throat> yeah, no, no. Yeah, and, and I could are, see her breaking into the Tower of London and wearing the jewels just for the sake <laughs> of being arrested too. I mean, they're 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 really, really, really cut from that same cloth. Now, again, they're supposed to be because yeah. the Master's always meant to have been the Doctor's Moriarty. Yeah. But I just kind of wish they'd refrained a little bit from going quite as far as they did with that. But in the end, I'm 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 still okay and still pleased with it. I want to touch real quick because I don't want to lose the moment. Um, you, you were talking about the Brig reveal. And the, well, this, this kind of ties in with the other one. Osgood. <sighs> yeah, yeah. Anger. Pissed off. Just beside myself. Did you like that myself. she was wearing the tie, though? It was nice. I did like that she was wearing the tie. And she even said both guys are cool. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I love Osgood. And some, some, you know, why is she down there alone in the hold? I mean, yeah, she's got these two generic red shirts, but they're going to die. Come on. And why would why are you doing science stuff next to the bad guy? 
that's that's not safe. And then, oh, she got out, and oh, say something nice, and do you need me, and eh, I don't. Blam. And turned into a pile oh, of there dust. there was the moment of, you need me. Oh, yeah, you're right. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. So, pile of dust. And my first reaction is, <laughs> not falling for it, Moffat. I know you. I know your tricks. You killed Jenny. You made me think she was dead. And you brought her back. You killed Vastra. You made me think she was dead. You, brought her. you killed Strax. You brought him back. I'm not buying it this time. because She's going to come back. Did Moffat write the doctor's daughter? Other Jenny. Other oh, Jenny. the other Jenny. That's right. That's right. Vastra okay. Jenny. I forgot about that. Which we did get a Paternoster doctor's daughter Jenny reference. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. And then... Kate fell out of the airplane. <laughs> Did he say he'd been married a couple of times? She said four times. Four, four times. times. All dead. She said. So, okay. Sorry. Forget the list. Marilyn. I was going to do that. <laughs> Marilyn. Elizabeth I. River. Well, Susan's grandmother. That's what I'm assuming, too. Yeah. Although I, look, I saw on Wiki it referenced somebody else, and it didn't link to Susan. Well... Depends on, it depends on whose continuity you use because yeah, you, that we, was a novel we haven't done. Um, is it Timeworm? No, not Timeworm. Lungborough, I think, is where yeah. they kind of start. They, it's explored later in another, even more so in another novel after that. But they they explore the fact that that the Doctor really wasn't Susan's grandfather, or yeah, the Doctor wasn't really Susan's grandfather because it was. It, it has something to do with their reproductive and how she was plucked out of the. Um, place where they basically grow their embryos and whatnot and anyway that's something we'll advance to eventually but that that it depends on whose continuity you look yeah. at and Moffat has been very um uh, good about trying to really kind of bring everything in with the little things like night of the doctor and mentioning big finished companions and um what was the time heist um by putting absalom back as yeah. one of the images in in the um, former uh, criminals and that kind of thing, so he yeah. he really is. I think he's he's very conscious about putting those little nuggets in to kind of quasi canonize as much as he can a lot of that source material that's out there. That's kind of uh, you know we consider non canonical but continuity. Yeah. So I have a new theory too. Um, since you since you brought up that um, everybody's kind of gone on this. You know, the master and the doctor might be brothers, or they were certainly classmates at the academy together. And they, well, you know, this we know for certain they were friends, friends that ran yes. together. We know that they were friends that ran together. I'm going to go one step further. I'm going to, I'm going to say that at one point in time, um, that this is Missy is not the master's first female uh, iteration, and I'm going to say that they were married and that she's one of the four. She said all dead though. She's not dead yeah. yet. Well, which time? <laughs> she did run out of her generations and had to steal some. She should be have been dead. dead. No, but, it doesn't matter how many times she's died. In the present, when she makes the comment, but she's Clara's not dead. the one that makes that, not Missy. Well, okay. Clara doesn't know the Missy's the master yet. That's true. And so here, here's here's my reasoning for this is because who could drive you that crazy to steal a TARDIS and run away? Ex. But an ex-wife. <laughs> Who would be that vindictive to continue to come after you it's an again and again it's and a, again? It's an but interesting an theory, but I don't think it is. Now, maybe I'm transposing some of my own <laughs> feelings into this. It's certainly a possibility, but I'll just leave that at that. Um, but the, so you know, he kills Osgood, and then Kate falls out of the airplane, and it's like, oh hell, maybe 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 this is for reals. 
maybe I just got a twofer and didn't really realize it. And then I felt mad, and I was mad at myself for not giving Osgood's death the, you know, the mourning period that it deserved. And then Kate's okay, and she was captain, you know, saved and well. You know, oh, rescued. Gonna step out from behind and I kept, <laughs> yeah, I kept waiting for it. So when do we get the magic? Yeah. We're going to throw back time and fix everything. And everybody comes. No, nope, Osgood's still dead. And I'm mad all over yeah, again. Yeah. Not the same thing. We saved a little kid, but we can't save so, Osgood. Was, so, it, was, it was one of those moments, too, though, that I, I, I was given a lot of credit to the doctor. Because when he does the sonic thing and starts to home in on the TARDIS that's falling and he... You know, goes into the, that was a cool. Moment. That was that was wonderful. I was, my I second thought was, well, surely he had time to uh, materialize Could around be. Kate and save her. But then we didn't go there, and I was like, oh no. <laughs> and then when he was as surprised to see Kate alive, I thought, well, you weren't the one that saved her. <laughs> well, and then so so he gets there and he goes, well, so Cyberman must have caught her. And I went, Danny was busy. What are you doing? And then there's the Cyberman. And he stands up and he says, well, of course, where else would you be, Defender of Earth? And snaps off the salute. And as he was saying, where else would you be? A flashback to the, the dialogue that Kate had on the plane. Darkest days. When, he's, when, when she, uh, he was going about all of the graves on Earth are going to be, and she was like, how far back? Or how long? How she long was concerned it? about that. She yeah. was concerned about yeah. that. And I cued into that and I went, I mean, I literally had this gasp moment. And then the doctor saluted, and I bawled <laughs> I my eyes out. I am not ashamed to say it. I just started weeping, and yeah, they, they were too. tears of this weird excitement, grief. Yep. Uh, yep. I don't know how yeah. I feel about it. it just, well, I knew exactly how I felt about it. Just, <laughs> it was excitement and grief, but it was, I knew exactly how I felt. My moment came when she said, when Clara said, she's talking about her dad. Yeah. And that's when I was like, oh, See for me that just cemented it. <laughs> yeah, just just all all yeah. They qualified it. Yeah, all 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 there. <sighs> exhausting was a good word uh, yeah, to use for this because it was it was it was a roller coaster. Okay, one thing that I had kind of an issue with also was just one. Okay, it's unit and the master. And it's too long of a story? Just say it's the master. They had the case files. Yeah. Osgood figured it out? Just say, yeah, that's the master. I was fine. They go with it. I was actually fine with the too long of a story, too. But... I, just I don't know. If he'd, sure. if he'd he said master, may not have been locked up in the, in the well, science room with Osgood. Might, might have been a little that's bit true. more of a... Now, of course, she had magic bracelet. But... <laughs> Magic bracelet. There, there are for as tightly knit as I'm, I'm not. Gonna, yes, I enjoyed it. I had a few nickels. There were some nickels, and there's some huge plot holes. There really are some problematic things, and and something that I talked about with Odd Duck Phil on on the phone on the way over, when when he's kind of like saying, "Okay, so let me get this straight. <laughs> You've spent both episodes talking about how there's no afterlife." That it's a con, that it's this, that we've got this, the, uh, you know, Time Lord DNA matrix, and we've uploaded minds, and now we're downloading minds, and all this. Stuff. But there, there's no afterlife. You die, but you go here, and then you come back as a Cyberman. Okay, fine. Where's Danny calling from with magic bracelet? That I did have. A he blew up. <laughs> yeah, he's okay. dead. 
there's no nether sphere to I, go to anymore. I'm going to go, I'm gonna go down a different at? path and somebody needs, somebody needs to steer me to where it was because the doctor does admit at one point. He still didn't believe. But the doctor does finally admit at one point when he's explaining things in the, uh, the He does kind of say, room, I don't know. It's He says that the, the, the dead do go somewhere. It's just still unclear. Yes, Missy was uploading the consciousness and making them digital files. But I got the impression that she still was the one that discovered that there was an afterlife and she was able to tap into it and upload the consciousness. So the sphere has not always been around. No. She may have been going through time with her TARDIS and plucking consciousness from, from all time so that she had the massive army because you would have to because by that time there's a lot of dead people yeah but i still got the impression that the doctor conceded the fact that there is an afterlife he still doesn't know what it is where they are so the the whole digital thing is only the element that she was able to tap into that and basically make a digital upload or copy or whatever she either copied or diverted yeah so yeah. danny danny is is at the point where he was intervened anyway from going to the afterlife and just was sent right to the the sphere to the matrix okay the nether sphere right but i still got the impression that we left open the idea that there is an afterlife and and my impression was that once everybody died or cybermen died their conscience was released again out into this limbo and so that's why I didn't. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. If there's there was more to this that I missed, but so I was okay with the idea that Danny returned to that place, but sent the boy through and made the, the ultimate sacrifice because he took the life, he gave the life back. Yeah. So I didn't have a problem with that. I it, it, it didn't sit well How do you with explain me that one going home? <laughs> it's been a few years. Hi, remember me? I used to be dead. <laughs> you still have my Christmas presents. <laughs> I walked. Away. I, it, I presume it, all his family was dead anyway. So somebody, somebody made the comment somewhere about, wouldn't it be cool if Clara adopted him? Oh, it was Caitlin said, wouldn't it be cool if Clara just adopted him? And I kind of wondered if they were going that direction. That'd be kind of cool. It, it it bothered me at first, and then I started to think about it. We don't know what they did with the Nether Sphere. Nether Sphere, what unit did with it? It could still be out there. Oh, you, you know it's in their big. It, it's, it's, in, it's in the it's it, in black hole. So, so all the Cybermen well, mines that were there could have gone back if they could find it. That's true because they gave the impression they, they said they that tried to go in and didn't see it. It's inside the well, TARDIS somewhere. And the it's, TARDIS. Yeah, probably because they talked about bigger than inside. It was an interdimensional thing. So when you go in, it necessarily wasn't there because it's it's it interdimensional, inner time. Future. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, well, and Missy had some line of dialogue. And I have to go back and rewatch it. You know, whatever next royal <laughs> religious thing they do, it'll still be the St. Paul's. But now the ceiling opens. Well. That was cool. Uh, uh, <laughs> Missy had a line of dialogue that said something to the effect of spending the time warming her way into the 3W organization. Uh-huh. Um, and then taking it over. Right. To subvert it and get that. But again, that still kind of implies that well, that was real and on Earth of the not-too-distant future. <laughs> sure. So I don't know that, that that part of it still doesn't necessarily work for me. Why not? Because she's got the ability then to, once she has the technology, go back through time. That I'm fine with. I have no the... problem with Missy's part of it. I have problems with the fact that some human figured out that we can 
you know why not? I mean, I love. I thought the explanation was fine that that they, we had one guy listening to the white the static, noise, the and white and noise, and figured it out. Broadcasted that. That's because she, idea. because she, she broadcasted the signal that he picked up to make the discovery with air quotes. Yeah. There was also the, could be. the the line drop of perpetrating the myth for rich clientele. Yeah, to get the money to yeah, and. What I assume were the Cybermen in the. But see, when she says perpetrating the myth, I got the impression perpetrating the myth that there was a hell or a heaven or a nirvana or a. Because everybody has labeled where they go and they have these myths of what it looks like. In the Christian Bible, uh, it's streets paved with gold. And in, you know, uh, clearly other religions have their own description of heaven or the afterlife. I get the impression that it's not that. That's the myth. So you perpetuate the myth by saying there's a promised land, which they, they alluded to. There's a um, heaven. There's a So that's perpetuating the myth. But that the, that the conscious is still there somewhere, and that's what's unclear. And she figured out how, or well, with some help, figured out how to tap into that and then upload them to her. Never, never. Now, never something else that I wanted sphere. to pick up on that, uh, that um, Phil addressed in his feedback was, uh, I I didn't get the impression that the master's time hopping and snagging all these these minds was necessarily responsible for the creation of the afterlife mythos right. throughout Earth. It's that it's just been there and she's capitalizing right. on it. That's nobody I else got it. that impression either, right? I did. That she that's, was. I think that's what I was kind of responsible for creating to the it. Fact okay, that they were there. They've always been there. She just figured out how to, but get, not because of her, right? So, okay, not because of her, yeah, yeah. I just, I just wanted to make sure because I didn't get that impression. Some, he asked me. There's some mincing of like, words hey, in the script so, that I think left it unclear, but that's that's how I took away from yeah. it. So yeah, I well, and I definitely think it'll. Was, this is one that'll benefit from a rewatch for me for the get, accent. She did have to get that conscious in order to set it up so that, I mean, because Danny clearly existed somewhere. Yeah. He was able to answer Clara's questions, even though she wasn't significant or sufficient for her. But. Well, that's still just digital signals going back and forth over the telephone line. It's still the cloud. Again, though... So it's like, but, you can talk to Siri. Right, but, but my point is, Danny, even if he was a created digital conscience, still had all of the... Uh, he, he, he sufficiently proved to me that that was actually Danny. So... That had to be after like had Dan. all of Danny's memories it uploaded and it. knew how he would respond. Yeah, but he was responding to things after the fact that that Clara hadn't really put forth yet. You know what I mean? It was just I, the the love thing. I think was the the, the yeah. keen element, especially since that was the last thing that she said to him. I don't know. I just. I think I, th- I think that they I think they left it clear enough that there was there is an afterlife and that does, that gives I mean yeah. obviously must have because Danny did was able to send somebody back from there so I don't know um, uh, one of the other things that started to bother me and then for some reason I just let it go <laughs> was when they did the whole and I think maybe the reason is. When they did the whole Earth Force One, that all of the nations decided that if we had a global crisis, that there would be one person that would be designated as the president of Earth. And in itself was cool, but I still had, I had this eking, this is 
really weird, especially since we spent so much time in series five with the doctor realizing he had become too big, too big and too grandiose, too grandiose, and kind of we then we did away with that where he was he kind of you know uh, Oswin made the uh, season seven I'm sorry yeah. Uh, made Oswin uh, the, the the Daleks forget, and so he kind of went back into this kind of seclusion where people didn't know who he was. And we spent so much time doing that to kind of build the Doctor down because we had spent so many years, especially in Davis's area, building the Doctor up to this powerful position. We we kind of brought it back down, which I, in my opinion, was Moffat saying, "Yeah, we got a, we got the Doctor a little too, you know." Forefront, you know, superhero. So let's pull him back to that mysterious sweep in and save the day to go to that element again, that level of, you know, the super soldier or the super commander. It, I, I started to have a problem with that. And then for some reason, I just went, I'm going to ride with this. You know? Maybe it was because it was dialogued so cool. I, I liked it. I liked that it, that it happened because. Um, well, it also mentioned previous Cybermen encounters. So it. It's they they took these steps that happened after Army of Ghosts, Doomsday, et cetera, et cetera, and or after the invasion. Yeah, <laughs> anywhere. Well, oh, I think it would have happened in RTD's era if it had happened. Um, but I always got the impression that it wasn't so much on Earth. It was just kind of it was through time and space. But some people on Earth would still remember him and know that he needs to be in charge in this responsibility. Oh, sure, obviously. And it comes across that Kate was very much. The doctor needs to be this person, and it's unit that pushes it. Forward. And I think it, it, actually, I think it was the brig that said the well, doctor that needs could to be, be this person. Yeah. She carried out the protocol. I, I, yeah. th- I think logically it makes sense if you if you look at this as something that when you go back and look at um, Aliens of London, World War Three, and the squabbling that was going on between the different delegates. Uh, from the different nations about who was going to be responsible for this and London kind of going, well, it's English soil, it should be out. And they're like, no, we want blah, blah, blah. And then you move forward and you look at uh, End of Time. At the End of Time? No. Um, yeah? No, the, the, the Utopia... Sound of Drums. Sound of Drums. Where the master, you know, yes. take, takes over the hover carrier and then kills the American president. <laughs> President-elect. President-elect, pardon yeah. me. Uh, and, and so there, there's, again, there's still that kind of... Well, yeah, that the American president coming over and squabbling nation state, you know, status, and and so I think what's happened logically, if if Earth is the subject of these different alien invasions throughout the years, somebody unit, it it makes sense would be the ones going. You know what? We need to put something in place because we almost assume the powers would be in Geneva. You know, we we had this Austin Hagen key that was going to annihilate everything, and we almost did that, and that turned out to not be so, such a great idea. We we almost went with this, which turned out we, we, more we need to put a, something in place that's going to prevent that from happening. It's more of it's a more of a um, we obviously can't be in charge of ourselves. Yeah, <laughs> globally, literally. So. We're and fighting so, too much. We need yeah. one person so to be in they, they came up with the idea of, okay, we're going to have an Earth president. Okay, who is it? Ah, there's probably squabbling and more arguments. Well, it can't be a Russian. Well, it can't be an American. Well, it's not going to be an English prime minister. And, and you know, so back finally and somebody said, you know what? can't be an earthling. Yeah, it needs to be It needs to be the doctor. And everybody kind of went, yeah, okay. You know, that that's that may. And I'm sure there were probably some quarters that were not happy with it. But, you know, they, you know. Well, you know, Putin didn't like it. Yeah, no. <laughs> He really wanted to be pre- president, president of Earth. Earth. It should have been Nixon. 
<laughs> Bringing back Head in a Jar. Head, head, head in a Jar Nixon with, you see the with Robot Agnew. And, uh, I mean, come on. That, that's oh, who it should tonight. have been our Yeah, they did a uh, crossover with Futurama. Simpsons did tonight. I haven't watched it I yet. I haven't either. I'm waiting for it to hit Hulu tomorrow. Um, okay, so then the end. Terrifying, heartbreaking, the sucks, the lies, the, 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 the hug. Never trust a hug. You can't see the other person's face. Well, what a wonderful line. Yeah, really well written, really well handled. Gift to the Magi kind of, I'm going to lie to you about this, and you're going to lie to me about that, and we're going to go on with our Save lives. Save each other's and, feelings. You know. Um, and, you know, thick. That's exactly the word he used to describe it. You're just being thick. It's so thick. But really well done, unfortunately. And a little more, you know, not quite, not the, not brig level, but a, but a little yeah. more verklempt going on. Which almost made Santa Claus showing up halfway through the credits okay. <laughs> and, and then credits. The story's not over. And then Santa. Now, it, it's, it's put very much together kind of like um, the really sad, oh, Martha's leaving. And then we hit the Titanic. <laughs> you know, it was that level of switch yep. over, what? And man, if Tenet had been there... <laughs> It would have been, what? What? Because <laughs> they're Santa. Actually, it was even more so because they started the credits. Yeah. Because at the end of Martha, Martha leaving, it was immediate, we took the light and, note then, and then did credits. Yeah. yeah. This time we did credits, and it almost had left you with that, wow, that was possibly the heaviest way they've ever ended it. Oh. <laughs> Santa Claus. And okay. It's, <laughs> and it's crossed. Now, I'm going to claim this. I'm going to claim this whole season with help. Longtime listeners may remember back in the day, a couple of our guys, Mark and Alex, had a series of short stories, Doctor Who Reincarnated, that were set far in the future where the Doctor had awakened in a 14th regenerative body after having his, his 13 lives and didn't know why, but he was still around. And so they wrote a series of these little short stories kind of exploring that arc and then asked me if I'd like to chip in a story. And I said, sure. And I got the Christmas slot. So I write a story where the doctor met Santa Claus. (laughs) Moffat read our stuff, stole it, said, I know how to fix this, extended the move the goalpost, new regeneration series. Here's the new doctor. So he's got that part of it. And now Santa Claus claiming it. Ours. So, I thought it was interesting. Mark and Alex, we, we should be getting paid. <laughs> that it's not Father Christmas, it's actually Santa Claus. It's actually Santa Claus. Which is really... The Santa Claus that walked through that door was the Americanized version of Father Christmas. Yeah. Santa Claus, Santa Claus, Chris King Kringle, any other form of Santa Claus that has existed in anybody's traditions and mythos and anything like that. We got an Americanized, but we got the Coca-Cola Santa Claus walking the through. Commercialized, yes, yeah. Yeah. walking through his doors, which is very interesting to me from a British institution. Mm. Just that you might be onto something. I'm, 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 I'm <laughs> claiming it. I'm telling you, I'm I'm right there. And I mentioned this to Odd Duck Phil, and I hate him because he won up me. And I said, "Yay, Nick Frost!" And he says, "Yeah." He says. There's only one possible person that would have been any better. I said, who? He says, Brian Blessed. Blessed. (laughs) Yeah. And all of a sudden, my head was filled with, Andre! 
Asher, Unanswer, Bronzer und Vixen, Ankommen, Ankommen, Donner und Blitzen, Dave! Let peace be known forever as Christmas Day! And I want Brian Blessed to play Santa Claus now. We have to make this happen. There, there's... How and and you know Santa in the sleigh with this has to happen. This just so new 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 project to work on there. All right, I'm sure there's probably a dozen things we'll think of after we're done, and we'll talk about and probably bring up next week. Oh, here's something I forgot to bring up. That's that'll be the theme of next week's show. But (laughs) and another thing for now. Let's (laughs) for now let's wrap this thing up and uh, move on to the schedule. So, Sean, well, coming up next on the schedule, um, we will be doing some more Friday Night Who, of course. Uh, We'll be doing Colin Baker returning in Time Lash this week on the 14th. Uh, and uh, that's largely because we want to, A, do a story that we've already reviewed, and B, get some Colin Baker in because he's going to feature in our two audios that we're reviewing next week for episode number 203, a companion archive for Frobisher. Uh, we will actually be reviewing The Maltese Penguin, which is a special episode, not technically part of the main line, and Big Finish number 14, The Holy Terror, not necessarily in that order. Um, but maybe we will. And then, uh, as Glenn mentioned and alluded to earlier, that he's kind of put together a, a little more inclusive Frobisher um, listing of appearances that uh, we will post on the website so that you can be part of that if you would like. And then a change in the programming. Uh, we have listed that Friday Night Who on the 21st will be Paradise Towers let's with Sylvester McCoy. Let's say it's not exactly a change. It's a bolstering of that. It's, it's an augmentation. Because we have added to. It's like the Cybermen. We have upgraded. Augmentation. Good, Sean. Good word. Good word. Augmentation. You will be augmented. Uh, we'll, we'll be doing Paradise <laughs> That'll be Tower. the next thing the Cybermen say. You will be augmented. And then I'll know Stephen Moffat's list. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> you want to repeat that on mic so that people can hear him? I couldn't. You, somebody else repeat it. I couldn't repeat it exactly as I said it because it was perfect. <laughs> Just that it sounds like they're going to be going in through plastic surgery. <laughs> Uh, augmentation. It'll be less like Iron Man. <laughs> More like Black Widow. Um, yes, I went there. All right. Shoot me the stink eye from across the table. I'll get Dalek bumps. <laughs> yes, I went for a, 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 a thousand points for going Jonathan Price on us. <laughs> All right, so uh, Paradise Towers uh, on the, the 21st with the 7th Doctor, Sylvester McCoy. And then uh, the original plan for episode 204, we were going to be reviewing Paradise Towers and the Big Finish Audio number 46, Flip Flop. We're going to add to that. I drove a wedge right in the middle. He did. Uh, where we're going to kind of include a mini adversary archive of Keith's favorite robots. Oh. Uh, Cybermen don't count. They're not robots. Okay, I'll give you that. Cyber. Uh, the quarks. Yay! <laughs> quarks! I'll try and contain my excitement. I have Jamie McCrimmon with a big rock. Good news is, back me up. in the, the points that we're going to explore, no dominators. 
No dominators. Yeah. <laughs> we started with Twilight Story. So um, we, 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 we will still be discussing Paradise Towers and Flip Flop, but we are also, you know, we, we don't expect anybody else to go in on this or not, but we're, we're going to cover some comic book appearances uh, of, of the old course. school. And some of and Glenn, I think, will also go ahead and post this on the website too, just in case you want to try and go after it, but this will probably be even more difficult than some of the Frobisher stuff. Yeah, if I'm these, not. Are, these are actually comics that were uh, pr- uh, included in t- uh, uh, a comic book anthology series that came out called TV Comic. And what it was is they collected comic... They didn't collect. They, they Comics were actually written for TV shows that were on at the time. And Doctor Who uh, predominantly featured in TV Comic for many years. Um, moved over to another comic for a little while and moved back to TV Comic. So those uh, have been collected together in various outlets online. It's very difficult to actually get original copies of TV Comics. But if you're able to come across these um, digitally or physical copies or something like that and want to join in, I'll, I'll add the numbers of the ones that we're uh, uh, going to be alluding to. And this, this actually, the reason we're doing this is because this is the best you can do as far as quarks. Because quarks haven't been explored in much other media other than these TV comics. And there's a reason for that. Well, <laughs> they should be. They could, they they should could, be. They, they could they be should better be explored. Back. Hey, Prisoners of Time. Yeah, they see, did a sufficient see? job. They could be retconned. Although they brought Dominators back for that, too. <laughs> uh, we don't talk about that. <laughs> it's just the title. As bad as the Klingons. We do not discuss it with outsiders. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so Paradise Tires and then Flip Flop. But there's a reason. Thanksgiving. Because the quarks. Yeah, the quarks are. Are the. I guess the best way to describe it are the MacGuffin. The, the quarks are in Flip Flop. Ish. Ish. And uh, so we decided, well, you know, we, we, we've been on all this time with Capaldi in eight, eighth season and, you know, 12 some odd episodes. Let's, let's, let's really break out the big guns. We're going to give you a companion archive and an adversary archive back to back. So how about that? That's, See, Keith, well, that's what we're doing. Keith is rolling into this because it's the quirks. Sean is humoring me because he knows I did a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> all you had to say was quirks, and I was in. You I don't. Had, you had me at quarks. Yes. I don't <laughs> hate the quarks. They're just quarks. I don't see how they could be anybody's favorite robot. Like, <laughs> way better than Ketterwells. Oh no. <laughs> Them's yeah, fighting. Gauntlet. Yeah. Yeah. Put your stick down. Got my grumpy bear stick. Kettlewell was so awesome in the invasion. He was. <laughs> if the K if the K one had been around, that invasion wouldn't have got very far. No, I got one better for you. Please do not throw hands at me. Yeah. <laughs> Funny enough, that's the following week. <laughs> the week of Thanksgiving, we're doing robots to death. And you know, Quarks can't be my favorite robot because K9 has that place. Uh, I never, ever would have thought of you thinking of K9 as a robot. Well, he technically is. Anytime I can include I don't K9 know in that there's, anything, I don't even okay. think he gets off on a technicality. I think he is a robot. He's a robot. Yeah, but for Keith to come out and admit that, that dude, that almost, almost. Grants you uh, another rank <laughs> that you can you can come out and say that. Well, of course he's a robot. He's an awesome, personable robot. It's kind of like Baymax. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. Is that it? That's it. Is there anything else we need to add uh, to this week's show? Any other things? Oh, please continue to support us on Patreon. Um, oh yes, we're reaching another milestone there, and we'll uh, talk a little bit more about that. Probably a little bit down the line, but um, we also uh, can be supported through our Amazon store, which you can find on our website. 
Um, please purchase some of our shirts through Spreadshirt if you're interested. They're not all that expensive, guys, for you know t-shirts. Because you know you want a Space Buffalo t-shirt. <laughs> or a Cyberman Bob. Or a Cyberman Bob. Or a Cyberman Bob. Um, and, uh, of course, you can visit us on any of those various social media uh, networks. Uh, we've got the book club on Goodreads, Facebook, Twitter, all the above. What are we reading? Google Plus. What, what are we reading on the book club? Apollo, Apollo 11? Apollo 23. 23. Apollo 23. Tumblr, MySpace. No, <laughs> we're not on a MySpace. We're uh, still on Google Plus. We are MySpace still on Google Plus. Yes, it does. It's a it's really, still, it's, it's a exists. really big thing for bands Google now. Google Plus uh, just won't oh, die. Timberlake bought it. Who did? Timberlake bought what? Didn't he oh, buy? Yeah. Uh, MySpace. Did, oh, he did, didn't he? Yeah. Because yeah. he, they, we tried to revamp it. Still, still no one anywhere. uses it. <laughs> <laughs> what was it I saw? A story about Google finally taking over the world and integrating everything into Google and, and through their, their controls and their power on the Internet, they become this you know conglomerate and, and all-powerful dictatorship, and they've taken over everything, and yet still nobody uses Google+. <laughs> Patrick does. Not really. Maybe <laughs> you give up on that one? or I'm on it, but I don't do anything on it. Well, that's most of us. I'm on it. I don't do anything on it. If, yeah, I, gonna do it if you're in my circles on, uh, on Google+, Plus, <laughs> follow Sean. Why? <laughs> if that's going to do it for this week, until next week, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. Wait, Goodbye, Patrick. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.